0: It's Fantasy Football Time with the Fantasy Football Champs. Fitzgerald leaps, and he's got it! It's a touchdown for Larry Fitzgerald! Dominate your league with the guys from ffchamps.com. Breeze throwing back at the end,
1: leaping grab, touchdown!
0: Todd DeVries and Bill Enright are the Fantasy Football Champs.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Champs, where we help you dominate your fantasy football competition. I'm Bill Enright, and with me is Todd DeVries. What's going on, Todd? Mr. Bill, we have one week of preseason action in the
2: books. Are we going to overreact on a few players? Did we see a few rookies we liked? We're going to get There's... to it all on this show, Bill. ai will tell you what, it was actually a pretty good first week of preseason action. I, I was pleasantly surprised by... Um, you know, kind of what we saw. I was really disappointed in that first game, as we talked about last week, that Dallas-Miami game, which was the, the Hall of Fame game.
1: The Hall of Fame game, That right? was just a
2: stinker. But you <laughs> know what? I don't know. I just had the NFL Network on all week, kind of watching the replays of a lot of these games, and I found it strangely uh,
1: exciting. Well, when you think back to that Hall of Fame game, the Miami Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys, not exactly your kind of matchup that you wanted to see you know, to start in the preseason. But when you, when you put the Colts and the Bills on the field together or Patriots, know, the Lions. Eagles. Yeah, the Patriots and Eagles. Those are actually some pretty interesting games. And even it's all, even if it's only for a series or two, it's still pretty fun to watch. I've, I, of course, you know, uh, I have to watch the whole game, see what the rookies are doing, see what the third and fourth string guys are doing. So, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think the first week of preseason was pretty good. Yeah, you know what? I think that that Hall of
2: Fame game too, Bill, it's, it's a fifth preseason game for Dallas and Miami. Right. And they just don't want any part of it, and I can't blame them. I mean, right. who needs an extra preseason game? So uh, it was kind of good to see you know, all the starters playing at least a series or two, and in some cases, hey, E.J. Manuel played a whole half, which was really nice to see. Yeah, You got, you got a good sample size E.J. Manuel with Buffalo Bills. So I'm kind of, uh, you know, the next week or two, weeks two and three of the preseason are usually the best from a viewing standpoint, and then we kind of toss week four out the window before we uh, kick things off with
1: the real games. That's right. I can't wait for, you know, I think it's 24 days. We're broadcasting live right now on the Football Nation radio network, footballnation.com, ffchamps.com, and I believe we're 23 days away as we sit here on Tuesday, August 13th. I believe there's 23 days away to that first Broncos and Ravens uh, game on that on Thursday night.
2: Broncos, Ravens.
1: <clears throat> that yeah, sounds little, good. That sounds little, good to me, man. <laughs> a little rematch of last year's AFC uh, divisional uh, playoff game.
2: Oh. Uh covered here's a word of advice to the Broncos don't, don't let have Jacoby your cornerbacks fall down when Jacoby yeah. Jones is running a deep pattern down the sideline exactly how brutal is that
1: <laughs> as we're just getting started here we also want to give a shout out to our fearless producer Josh Deering who will be along for the two-hour ride today what's up Josh
3: oh, I'm just excited to be here guys
1: Josh are you playing in any fantasy leagues this year
3: oh, I got two that I'm in so far
1: and when's your draft
3: uh, last preseason week, week four
1: of the Smart man. Excellent. See, that? that's what we like to hear, Josh, uh, because Todd and I were very, very adamant in holding off on your drafts until the final week of the preseason, any day after August 25th. And, Todd, I believe you had a draft over the weekend.
2: Ah, the knuckleheads on the neighborhood. You know, no one was available later in the month. We had to do it on Sunday night, so we reluctantly had a draft. And as we were walking out of the – Draft room at the end of the night, I said, uh, All right, so who's getting injured tomorrow? And sure enough, what happened? Jamal Charles gets a scare. <laughs> and we'll get into that a little later in the show, but Jamal Charles goes down with an injury which had people panicking. So don't have your drafts early, man. It just doesn't pay. Now, luckily, I didn't have Jamal Charles on my roster, so I wasn't too worried
1: about it. Well, listen, I still think Jamal Charles is going to be a great pick, still think he belongs in the top four or top five in that first round. And like you said, Todd, we're going to get plenty of Jamal Charles' reactions from the crowd, uh, kind of what happened yesterday on Twitter, and, and really what uh, his status is going forward. But well, we got a busy show today, and the, the theme of today's show is going to be value. Value, value, value. It's all about value today. We want you to make picks based off value, and we're going to help you identify players uh, that are that are value picks during your draft, we're going to go over uh, the ADP, Average Draft Position, which we have a great matrix on ffchamps.com. That really lays it all out there for you. And we'll, we'll also go over over and underrated guys based off ADP. We'll give you some sleepers uh, that are undervalued, running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers. We're going to do it all today. And plus, we even got a little bit of a preseason recap, basically one or two things that uh, we took away from that first week of preseason it's going to be a lot of fun tonight. we we got a jam-packed show, and we want to hear from you, so give us a call if you have any draft questions, or maybe you disagree, or you agree with one of the th- conversations that we're having at the moment. It, the number here is 855-478-7030. Uh, you can also email radio at footballnation.com, hit us up on Twitter at FFChamps. Uh, three pretty solid ways that you can get in touch with us, but... You know, basically the phone calls. If if you have a draft question, the easiest way to get help uh, is really through the phone. So eight five five four seven eight seven zero three zero. Where Todd and I really want to help you out. Uh, Todd, well, let's give a yeah. Go on. Well, before we get
2: started with the show, yeah. I got to just say something. You know, yeah. a, a shameless plug for ffchamps.com dot com. So I, I show up to my draft, and and thankfully it was one of the few drafts that I have, Bill, where actually everyone's in the room physically. For, okay. Which is the nice thing about a, a neighborhood draft, right? Because typically my drafts. Or online, right? So yeah. we're all in the room. So I'm the, I'm the nerd that brought the laptop, right? Yeah. And what did I have going? I had my uh, FF Champs draft tracker going. Okay, so as it. the picks were going down, we we're all having a few beers and having fun. You know, everyone else has their magazines and their highlighters and their pens and their papers shuffling <laughs> all over the place. I'm simply clicking, you know. Nice and neat as each pick one off the board. I can see where the value is. The draft tracker is an unbelievable tool
0: yeah, that we've is. created
2: at FF Champs where you can you have all of the tools, even offline. You don't even have to be connected to the internet. You have right. all the tools based upon your league's scoring magnification or scoring systems, the cheat sheets, the overall projections, all of it is accessible one click away. So in the middle of the draft bill, like people were like, Ah, you know, uh, can I look at my you know, how many how many running backs do I have again? You know. Right. I'm sitting there shouting it all out for him. I can see, you know, who has no quarterbacks yet, who's who's needs a running back, and it really helps with my strategy. So I just got to give a plug there, man. The FF Champs draft tracker is
1: badass. It, it really is, Todd. It does a lot of things for you during the draft. It keeps you organized, like you said. It lets you know how many players, running backs you have, or how many quarterbacks you have, or... More importantly, perhaps, is whether or not your quarterback, whether or not your opponent that's drafting next to you or behind you has a quarterback already on your roster. Exactly. So it keeps you organized. It helps you prepare. It helps you uh, stay, uh, I guess, helps helps you get strategy based on what picks you want to make for when you're going down the that, down your well, roster and, and say, and Bill, Well,
2: you know, you and I preach this all the time, and one of our Ten Commandments is always wait on that quarterback, right? So when you wait on a quarterback, you really have to be aware as to who's taken their quarterbacks and who hasn't, right? Because right? you, right. you might be able to buy an extra round where you can snag a great running back or wide receiver, wait one extra round if you really know what's going on. So I know it sounds like the obvious, but man, if you haven't used the draft tracker, again, you don't even have to be online. You can be offline. Right. And it works perfectly. Just have it all set up before you leave your house and – Man, it was just a just awesome stuff and really. It has fun. our
1: cheat sheets. It has the ADP. It has strength of. It has schedules. It has everything on there. It's really a powerful tool. And if you're serious about winning fantasy football, uh, FFChamps.com only twenty nine ninety five. Again, that's a fraction of the price when it comes down to uh, the importance of winning your league, winning the bragging rights, and and winning some cash when you're playing fantasy football. And Todd, speaking of winning cash, playing fantasy football, how about DraftKings? They just launched their week one kickoff bash. They got a million dollars in cash prizes guaranteed for week one of the NFL season. We're excited to get started over there at DraftKings, you know, that one-a-day fantasy format that that we love. And we're going to get into some of their contests in just a little bit. But uh, week one kickoff bash at DraftKings.com. You'll want to check it out. A million dollars in guaranteed prizes. Million with an M. Yeah, it's a pretty million. good. <laughs> One million dollars. Yeah, it really is incredible. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Uh, question of the day today: Who was your best value pick from 2012, and who was your value pick up for 2013? So last year, who was your best value pick? Again, today's theme: it's all about value. We want you to make valuable uh, draft picks during during your draft. So, who was your best pick from a year ago, and who is your value pick coming up for this season? Uh, we have Steve in New Jersey on line one. Let's go to Steve and, and see what his best value pick from twenty twelve was. What's going on, Steve?
4: Hey guys, uh, how you guys doing today? Uh, just We're had doing a quick great. question for you. I Got my uh, draft coming up in a couple weeks. I know you guys are talking about value today, uh, so just wanted to throw a quick question out there. Uh, I got pick six. I'm looking at a couple running backs and just wanted to see what you guys valued better. Uh, I'm looking at Spiller, Richardson, or Rice. What do you guys think? Spiller, and Todd those, Richardson or Rice.
1: Those those three running backs. I mean, I think those are the value picks of the first round. Steve, what kind of draft? What kind of draft are you in? What kind of format is it? Is it PPR?
4: Uh, yeah, yes, Bill. It's a PPR uh, league. Um, and uh, for quarterbacks, we get six points, so a lot of guys like to take quarterbacks quickly. Uh, I know I'm I'm expecting a quarterback to go, and pro- probably one wide receiver before me. Obviously, Calvin. Uh, so I'm looking at some of these running backs that are slipping down in the second half of okay. the first round, and I think these are the guys that I'll, I'll be looking at. And what's your draft position? He said six. Uh, number think. six. Six number
1: out six. of ten. All right, so Steve, I think I think you're right with Ray Rice, C.J. Spiller, and Trent Richardson. Those guys should be there for you. Uh, you might want to throw Marshawn Lynch into that group as well. Even with the six points per touchdown in a passing uh, for passing, Todd and I are firm believers that it's best to wait on your quarterback. That's commandment number five at ffchamps.com. That is not value by taking a quarterback in the first round like Drew Brees when you can get a Matthew Stafford or RG3 much later in the draft, sixth, seventh, eighth round. Todd, for those running backs, it is a PPR league. Now, Trent Richardson may have not had 1,000 yards last year in his rookie season, but he did have 50 catches. CJ Spiller poised for a breakout year and then you got a guy like Ray Rice who's been consistently involved in the Baltimore Ravens passing game uh, 61 touchdowns just a season ago. Bernard Pierce doesn't scare me as much as other people does uh, other people he does for other people. What do you think here? Do you think he should go with the consistent, the reliable Ray Rice? Should he take a chance on on uh, C.J. Spiller or Trent Richardson? What are your thoughts?
2: Oh, I don't think it's taking a chance at all. Going Spiller or Richardson, you know, all three. And Bill, last week we talked about our what do we call them—the fine nine running backs, like the That's nine right. running backs that we really liked—and all three of these guys fit, fit into that that grouping. So, uh, you know, those three guys. You got one running back. Arguably on the decline. Not that he won't be productive in right. Ray Rice, and you got two guys on the rise in Trent and CJ. Yeah, it's PPR league. I would t- I would probably go. Man, it's it's a toss up between Richardson and Spiller because I like them both a mm-hmm. lot. And then I'd probably put Rice in the three spot there out of those three. But um, I'm gonna probably go. I'm gonna probably go Spiller one, Richardson two, okay, and then Rice three. But you can certainly argue it. Richardson and then Spiller, what do you think?
1: I agree with you right now only because we haven't seen Trent Richardson in preseason action yet. He says that exactly. his, that shin injury that he has uh, is fine and that he's 100% healthy, but we are not. We don't know for sure. Now, I, honestly, I think that the Browns are just holding him out to, to keep him fresh. They don't need him getting tackled during the preseason. But the Buffalo Bills came out. Their offensive coordinator said they're going to give C.J. Spiller the ball so much they're going to not stop giving to him until he throws up on the field. They're yeah. going to keep feeding him. They're going to overfeed him. They're going to work him, and they're going to give him the ball. And that's what I like to hear from an yeah. offensive coordinator. And when you have a dynamic, versatile weapon like C.J. Spiller, so explosive. We saw what he did last year with just 207 carries. He had 1,200 yards, yep. 40 43 receptions, 459 yards receiving. I think you're right, Todd. I'm going to give C.J. Spiller the slight edge over Trent Richardson. Right, yeah. I like them both. I'm yeah. putting Ray Rice in that third spot. Trent Richardson at two, and then I'm going to go with C.J. Spiller. And I'll with tell you sixth
2: what, Steve, Steve. I mean, Steve, being in the six hole is a great spot to be this year, in my in my view, because you got some good you got good decisions to make. You know, this is a nice this, this is a nice problem to have. You know what I mean? You're, you're dealing with three quality backs. So if yeah. you're in the six hole, I think you're definitely going to get a shot at either Spiller or Richardson at number six.
1: Steve, we appreciate uh, like, the phone call. Uh, you got anything else I for us? I definitely like
4: Trent. You like Trent? I'm sorry. I I, I definitely like uh, Trent right now. Uh, the only thing that makes me nervous is him not playing the preseason. Obviously, we know what happened when Chris Johnson didn't play the preseason at all. You know, he had a very lackluster year. Um, that's the only thing that's keeping me from him. And with Spiller, just overall, them on offense, I mean, the Bills, You know, that's why I, I threw Rice in there, because I like their offense. Obviously, the champs come back. I feel like he could do good, but you don't know with him in the goal line, but I definitely like your guys' advice going with Spiller and um Richardson. Those are my one and two right now too. And I just want having talked to you guys. I feel more confident about taking one of those two at number six.
2: Well, Steve, again, you're in a good spot there in the six-hole, and uh you're gonna wind up with a quality player, and you're probably gonna get another quality player on the in the second round as well. So thanks for the call, my man.
4: Thank you very much. Love the draft tracker. Good luck, guys. Bye-bye.
1: Best of luck this year, Steve. Let's keep it on the phone lines. Again, the number is eight five five four seven eight seven zero three zero. Hi. what do you say we go to Brent in Boston? He's in a keeper league. He wants to know who he should keep and if he should go with Calvin Johnson early on. What's going on, Brent? Welcome to the fantasy football champs. You're on with Bill and Todd.
3: Hey guys. Thanks. Love the, uh, love the show. Love the site. Um, I have two keepers this year. Uh, I have Doug Martin replacing my fourth round pick and I have Alfred Morris replacing my 14th round pick. Uh, fourth. So that's fourth
2: and, and 14th round picks. Okay.
3: Yeah. Um, Man, PPR league, and I have the second overall pick. Um, almost 100% certain Peterson's going to go one. you guys think I should go Calvin at two since I already have my two running backs, or should I get a guy like Charles Moss?
2: It's a PPR league. Yep. And you, do you start um, two running backs, two wide receivers, and flex? Yep, you got it. All right, Bill. I tell you what, man. Brent, so you. So we're talking about value in <laughs> yeah. keeper leagues. You're getting Doug Martin, a top five running back, in the, as a fourth rounder in a keeper league. And you're getting Alfred Morris, who's likely going to be a second round pick in most drafts, as a 14th round keeper. That is yeah. some tremendous value. Great drafting last year, Brent. Awesome stuff.
3: Yeah. So, so Bill,
2: what do you do, man? You know, He's in the two hole. He thinks Megatron will be there for him. Do you take the top wide receiver off the board or do you uh, load up on yet another running
1: back? Brent, I mean, those two running backs, that's an incredible one-two punch. I mean, you got a, a left hook coming from Tyson and then an uppercut coming from Evander Holyfield with Doug Martin and Alfred Morris. My man, that is a great combo right there. I absolutely love it. Do you have a flex position in this league? Yep, I do. And then who do you think is going to be taken at one and who do you think is going to be available at two other than Calvin Johnson? Give me some running backs. Uh, Peterson's
3: going to be – I think Peterson's going to be off the board. But besides okay. that, the only other running backs that are going to be kept this year – for me it's going to be Biller is going to be off the board. Frank Gore is going to be off the board. Um, okay. but besides that, everyone else. Is- so
2: Jamal Charles Trent Richardson uh, yep, will be available, there. perhaps. Yep.
1: Mm. Todd, Boston's you know, n- normally I would say go the running back route, but with Martin and Alfred Morris. I don't know if you can pass up on Calvin Johnson. I mean, the guy is just a super freak. They call him Megatron for a reason. He's going to haul in 100-plus catches this year. You can expect over 1,300 yards. He's going to get the double-digit touchdowns back in 2013. He was tackled five times inside the five-yard line in 2012, so I know his TDs were down. But you know what? He just broke Jerry Rice's single-season receiving record. I'm going Calvin Johnson with this number two big, only because he has those two great running backs already.
2: He does now. Let's 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 say you know. Let's not forget Alfred Morris is not a PPR machine.
1: That's okay. I know. know, I know. That's all right.
2: I'm just saying that that it's not like you know he's got Doug Martin and uh, you know Foster or Rice or somebody. But uh, man, you're in a great spot there. I can't argue with Bill. If you can have Megatron to go along with those two guys, wow, what what a start! I mean, I think if you went, if you went like Jamal Charles. with your as your third running back, then you might be, you know, kind of chasing the, the wide receivers right. uh, the rest just of the draft a little bit. A little bit. I think I, I agree with Bill. Go Megatron. Go big. I okay. mean, he has, yeah. he mean, has yeah, those, the opportunity those, to the take the best receiver in the game. Guys
3: was, um, I was thinking if I did go Calvin, you know, do I try to, you know, grab you know, two back-to-back and maybe, you know, start to pick up a guy like Sproles or um, you know, or if I should go, you know, just try to get three three wide receivers back to back to back.
2: So you're talking about now the end of the second round, early third?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah. So if you go Megatron, what? so Bill, let's say he goes Megatron, okay, in round one. Yeah. So again, now he's got two running backs and a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. Who do you target the end of round two, early round three? Do you go for a guy like Sproles, who's a great player in the PPR format, Do you load up with a second wide receiver? Do you go two wide receivers there? I think we all agree you're going to wait on your quarterback. You're not going to take a quarterback with the second or third round pick. You're going to wait till later for that. So what do you do end of the second round, early third?
1: You know, here's the thing. We're going to have our running back undervalued guys in just a little bit, and we'll do a little bit of PPR uh, guys that really excel in that format. But that's the thing, Todd. That's why I don't know. That's why I I think he should go Calvin in the first round, because there are some running backs like – Darren Sproles, Shane Vereen, um uh, some some um, some undervalued guys, some sleeper guys that are going to be capable of putting top 20 numbers. Reggie Bush. That, Reggie Bush, another perfect example. That they're going to go a little bit later, especially in a draft like this, where somebody, maybe they already have a few running backs and, and they kind of neglect the position a little bit. You mentioned Frank Gore getting kept, uh, CJ Spiller getting kept. So, you know, I think Calvin is the right move in the first round. And depending on the receiver there in the second I would go Darren Sproles or Reggie Bush in the second round, maybe pass up on that receiver in the second round, but then grab someone, you know, if Larry Fitz is there, Roddy White, Victor Cruz. Uh, Maybe you get Wes Welker in the fourth or the fifth round. So really, it really depends on how your draft plays out. But I like that idea of going Calvin Johnson in the second and then running back again in the third. Excuse me, Calvin Johnson with the second pick in the first round and then a running back with that second round pick.
2: Yeah, Brent. If I'm you, I if I'm gonna get out of the third round with three running backs and two wide receivers, if that makes sense, right. because you get your two keepers, right, and then take Megatron, and then end the second, early third, depending on what you think the guy in the first slot's gonna do, go RB and wide receiver there, and I think you're you're sitting pretty for the rest of the draft.
3: No, uh, this is uh, you know, first year I've had two solid keepers, and uh, thanks to you guys. So you know, I'm looking forward to this year, and I'm hopefully you know up for a nice
2: little run. All right, Brent. Well, hey, thanks for the call, man.
1: Best of luck, Brent. Bill, that guy drafted really well last year. That's good the Lord. value. That is the value. That's what well, we, That's, that's, a that's good tra- the theme of today's show, and it's all about value. So that's really a good transition to yes. kind of discuss from what we did last year, Todd. We, we, we brought out our best value picks from 2012, and we're going to go through those right now. Um, Really, what we said last year is what we're going to say again in in a couple weeks this year. We're going to identify the players that you're going to want to grab on your team simply because based on their average draft position, their ADP, they are going to outperform the round that they're currently being in. So last year, let's start it off with the running back example. We had two rookie running backs that were getting a lot of hype in the preseason, Doug Martin and Trent Richardson.
2: Right. What happened with the – yeah, go on. I'm sorry. And we preached this last year, Bill. Both of these guys very talented. Of course, you know if you look at the, the combine and the college uh, history of these two running backs, Trent Richardson is clearly the more decorated player coming into the NFL, right? Yeah. But when you started looking at the ADP 12 months ago, and you saw Trent Richardson was kind of like an early second-round pick, mid-second-round pick, and Doug Martin was a late third or fourth-round pick, We were screaming from the mountaintops, pass on Trent. If you want a rookie running back, pass on Trent and take Doug Martin a couple rounds later because they're going to produce probably equally. And the reason for that was the fit. Doug Martin in Tampa Bay under new head coach Greg Ciano. Greg Schiano runs his running backs into the ground. He did them. it at Rutgers year after year after year, especially with Ray Rice, who we all know had record-setting seasons at Rutgers. We mm-hmm. knew he was going to do the same with, thing with Martin. We were a little more skeptical with uh, Trent in Cleveland because it was a mess in Cleveland. Right. He still produced. Martin produced a little better, so the people that listened to us, like our last caller, Brent, now they've got a the keeper league. The guy's got a fourth-round keeper in Doug Martin when he should be a top-four overall pick.
1: Right. And, and just to stay with that example with Brent, let's say that Brent did take Trent Richardson in the second round last year, which is where he was typically getting drafted. Right. Instead of having Doug Martin in the fourth round, he would have Trent Richardson in the second round. Again, it's just another example of, of where the value is.
2: Yep. Totally agree. Why don't uh, we go, mo- move on to the ne- another position from last year, Bill? You know, uh, Which one did you want to go with? The quarterbacks?
1: Yeah, quarterbacks is fine. All right. Who should we
2: compare last year? I mean, I'll say this. Going into last year, we had that tremendous – we're going to stick to some rookie talk here from last year. We had a ridiculous rookie class of quarterbacks, right? Yeah. RG3 looked tremendous in the preseason. Andrew Luck looked tremendous in the preseason. We didn't really know about Russell Wilson yet. But we were saying, once again, if you wait on your quarterbacks, the strategy that I employed last year was I waited till the 8th, ninth, 10th round, depending on the league, and I actually went back-to-back – with both rookies. I went with luck in RG3. I knew one of them was going to at least pan out. Turned out they both panned out. Right. So if you did that and you had an RG3, again, in the eighth, ninth, tenth round versus taking like a Drew Brees in the first round, you tell me, Bill, where's the value?
1: Well, well, this is commandment number five. Wait on my quarterback at ffchamps.com. We have the 10 commandments for winning fantasy football. This is commandment number five at its finest, Todd, because your example is perfect. RG3, was a top-five quarterback all of last season. Forget that he tore his ACL in the playoff game against the Seattle Seahawks. Fantasy football managers don't care about real-life football. You know, in weeks one through 16, that's what matters in fantasy. And RG3 was dynamite, top-five finisher. He was top-three for a while. Uh, Drew Brees, also top-three, but you had to draft Drew Brees in the first or the second round, whereas if you took RG3, you got him in the eighth or the ninth round. That's the value. That's what we want you guys to do in 2013. Now, it's probably not going to. We just gave you two rookie examples with Doug Martin, Trent Richardson, and RG3. It's probably not going to be uh, rookies this year. This rookie yes. class, especially at quarterbacks, is not what it was a year ago. No, no. But in just a little bit, we're going to identify the value players. So we we lay it all out there for you. You know, we're we're helping you guys out. So uh, let's move on to uh, wide receivers, Todd. This is a pretty good example because it's two veteran guys. We have Andre Johnson, who was probably a late second, early third round pick last year. Right. Uh, really the only weapon with the Houston Texans in that passing game. Consistently someone that gets 1,500 yards, maybe 100 catches. And then he had a guy like Reggie Wayne, who we saw really fell off when Peyton Manning sat out for the year. And he had Curtis Painter and Kerry Collins and, you know, who else knows, was lining up his quarterback for the Colts. But we we liked Andrew Luck. So we thought Reggie Wayne would have a bounce-back year, and we know that he was capable of a 1,300-yard season, maybe 100-plus catches. And what happened in 2012 was you took Andre Johnson in the late second or early third. If someone took Reggie Wayne in, in maybe the late fifth or early sixth-round pick, they finished with almost identical stats. Yeah. Reggie Wayne actually had another uh, uh, five touchdowns. Andre Johnson only had four. Um, they both had – I'm trying to look up Reggie Wayne's stats real quick. Reggie Wayne had 106 receptions last year compared to Andre Johnson's 112. Yep. Uh, Johnson beat him out a little bit on yards, but not by much. So when, when you look at the value at the receiver position, you can get really capable – quality guys in their fifth or the sixth round you don't have to stack up you don't have to load up on receivers that early in your draft especially this year receiver position is so deep i'm looking at our rankings right now at ffchamps.com i'm I'm on the wide receiver cheat sheet and i'd have to say the top 30 guys are 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 quality players maybe even the top 35 you go all the way down to T.Y. Hill and we have a 35, Chris Givens, 36, Emmanuel Sanders, 37. Receivers are so deep. And and even if those guys are just your wide receiver threes, they can still have those games where they put up wide receiver two type numbers.
2: You're right, Bill. And getting back to the example from last year, this is a great reason why, how to identify value. Reggie Wayne in 2011. Now we're going back two years ago. Okay, Right. Only, he played the whole season. Only 75 catches, 960 yards, and four touchdowns, which is a terrible year for him. But why did he have those numbers? Because he no had quarterback. no quarterback. Right. So you knew, like you said, you knew there was going to be a big upgrade in the quarterback position. You knew the rookie was going to lean on a veteran. And for whatever reason, most of America didn't believe in that so he fell into like you said the sixth seventh fifth round depending on your league and tremendous value compared to a guy like Andre Johnson who's probably you know reached his peak he's reached his ceiling and uh, they both produce in a similar level but who would you rather have Andre at the beginning of the third or Reggie Wayne at the beginning of the sixth? it's a no-brainer no-brainer you're 100% right so you've got to identify reasons why the general public is going to be down on a player and look and identify those players and see if they're going to bounce back. Has something changed around them, a coaching staff, a quarterback change, whatever it may be, has something changed around them to you know, drastically rebound?
1: Ty, let's go uh, to the final position, tight ends, where last year, Jimmy Graham and Rob Gronkowski were, were in a world of their own, rightfully so, based on their stats from 2011. Uh, we all know the situation with Rob Gronkowski didn't play as many games as we would like to see, but he still finished with double-digit touchdowns. Uh, Jimmy Graham missed some time, too, with an ankle injury. But again, still at 85 yards. Uh, excuse me, still have 80, 85 receptions, so almost 1,000 yards, nine touchdowns. But when you compare them to a guy like Tony Gonzalez, Gronk and Graham went in the mid-second. They were, they were top 15 picks last year. Yep. And then you compare him to old man Tony Gonzalez, who no one really expected to continue his dominance like we've seen for the last 16 years during his NFL career. The Falcons had Julio Jones and Roddy White, and they were going to eat up all the receptions. You know That's what some of the other experts told you out there, but we loved Tony Gonzalez last year. He was a top five, one of our sleepers. I don't know how we could still consider him a sleeper, but the point of the matter was he was undervalued where his current ADP was. He finished with very similar numbers to Jimmy Graham. 93 receptions for Gonzo, 930 yards, and eight touchdowns. And Gonzalez went sometimes in double-digit rounds last year. Uh, you could probably scoop him up in the eighth round, but you might have seen him, depending on your league size, in the 10th or the 11th round. Compare that to Jimmy Graham and Tony Gonzalez. I mean, uh, excuse me, to compare that to Jimmy Graham and, and Rob Gronkowski, a guy like Gonzalez could have won you your league last year.
2: Is it possible Gonzo is getting better with age? Look at his last three years, Bill: seventy receptions in 2010, yeah. eighty in 2011, and ninety-three last year. And the yards and touchdowns went up each and every year. It's crazy. That like Atlanta said,
1: offense, we love it.
2: We sure do. And you know, uh, you're right. The the downside with with, with him last year, everyone thought the age was going to finally catch up to him. Number one and number two, Julio was going to be so off the charts that there wouldn't be any, enough balls to go around. Wrong. Gonzo still produced as a top-three tight end, and uh, you know I think he'll do something similar this year.
1: All right, so those were our best value picks from 2012. We'll get into some of our best value picks for this season in just a little bit. But first I want to go to Big Ed, who's on the line down in Atlanta. He's in a 16-team league with seven keepers, and I believe Ed needs some help at wide receiver. Ed, thanks for calling into the fantasy football champs. What's going on? How can we help you today?
5: Hey, guys, thanks for taking my call. Uh, long time Subscriber. Appreciate the service and the advice.
2: All right, man. What, what do you got for us? You got—you're in a huge league, Ed. So, uh, speak up. We, we keep, we're having a hard time hearing you. Speak up and let us know your dilemma here.
5: Well, we've got a 16-team league. Uh, it's basically a touchdown league, so it's not a PPR, and uh, seven keepers. So, it, by the time we uh, draft, it's basically eighth round we're looking at so it ends up being the top rookies coming out i'm pretty set with uh, running back with richardson and charles this year um have the third pick overall Have julio jones for my one wide receiver and matt ryan so not sure what to do with that number three pick all
2: right Uh, so let me recap this you got matt ryan at quarterback as a keeper you got peterson and charles at running back and julio is your wide receiver I've got Jamal Carroll and Trent Richardson. Richardson, okay. So your four keepers are outstanding. You have the number three overall pick. Who Who are some of the players that might be available at running back and wide receiver at the number three overall spot?
5: Again, running back, you're looking pretty much uh, the first, You know, the top 102 players are kind of pretty much everybody's starters are gone, minus the rookie. Hmm.
2: So, so you're so looking you're at maybe a Le'Veon Bell, Gio, right. Gio Bernard type player, perhaps?
5: Yeah, if I if I go running back. I mean, I have two solid running backs. I don't know if I they're young. Do I just play off of that and go wide receiver? But wide receivers usually take a couple years to get going. I didn't know so, if there was an impact rookie this year or not.
2: You mentioned that you know there's really no running backs to go off of except for the rookies. How about a wide receiver? Is it a similar thing where you're really only looking at rookies, or are there some, you know, lower round guys like T.Y. Hilton, Chris Gibbons types that might be available at number three
5: overall? Actually, I have TY and Greg Little on my team right now. It just depends upon whether or not I protect them. Hmm. So so those are guys those are the types of guys that would get cut, yeah.
2: I mean, what do you think, Bill? I mean, if, if he wants to go wide receiver here, uh from a rookie perspective, we didn't see much from Tavon Austin in the, the first preseason game, but you still have to like his upside, right? Yeah. Where do you think he compares, Tavon Austin, with some of the other rookies? DeAndre Hopkins had a really nice first game, the wide receiver from Houston who's going to line up opposite of Andre Johnson. Right. Cordell Patterson uh, made some plays. What do you think? Who do you like from the rookie crop?
1: I do like Devon Austin because I think that offense with the St. Louis Rams, it's going to be the greatest show on turf part two in the coming seasons. We, we're both fans of Jeff Fisher. We think they're going to start to be one of the more stable franchises in the NFL, but they might be a couple more years away. DeAndre Hopkins is in a great situation down there in Houston, had a big first uh, preseason game, as you mentioned, Todd. And then Cordero, Cordero Patterson, you know, he's playing with Christian Ponder, and I think he's a little bit raw right now. To be honest with you, I don't think wide receiver is the right place to go for Ed. I think he should go with Le'Veon Bell in the first round. This would give him Trent Richardson year two in the NFL. Jamal Charles uh, less than five years in the NFL. And then you got a a guy like Le'Veon Bell just entering his rookie season. He may not need another running back for another three or four years. You can always pick up a wide receiver uh, in the later rounds in the drafts, even in a big 16-team league like this league. I think running back still matters. I would pick up the running back. Well, he's got the number three. He's got the number three overall
2: pick. So there's really no guarantee Bell's going to be there for him at three. When Monte Ball,
1: Le'Veon Bell, Giovanni Bernard, you have the pick of one of those three guys.
2: Yeah, long term, Ed. I love Gio. I'm all in on Gio Bernard. Maybe you know this year he's going to you know split the workload with the law firm but long term and in a keeper league like this i think you're going to get production out of him this year a decent production in a deep league like you have and long term i think he's going to be the i personally think he's the most talented running back in this draft class and um, i think he'll be the future there in cincinnati if you could snap him up like if levion bell's gone i'd be all over geo bernard if you want to go wide receiver if you're stuck on the wide receiver thing i would rank them Tavon austin one i tell you what this year bill new Hopkins. i'm gonna to have to put two right now yeah i agree balls. with that I agree so, that. uh that's that's kind of how I look at him. And The, the guy that I like long term, you probably won't get a ton of production out of him this year. Ed, but I love 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 Marcus Wheaton for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He might be available to you in another round or two mm-hmm. later. I think he's going to be their wide receiver 3 this year, and I think if they lose Emmanuel Sanders after this year, he's only Sanders only signed for one year, right, Bill? Right. If he's I, I, if he's gone yeah. and Wheaton can show some signs of, you know, brilliance this year which I think he will I wouldn't be surprised if Wheaton's their number two wide receiver heading into next fall
1: appreciate the call Ed and and uh, check out ffchamps.com we have our dynasty rankings up there we just updated them yesterday actually so that's something that you'll certainly want to take a look at anyone with a keeper league with seven keepers that that's a dynasty league to me uh 16 teams though that that's always a big time league huh Todd that is a intense league <laughs> yeah it, <laughs> I love certainly it is I love it. Um, and he's sitting
2: pretty. Think about it, Bill. 16-team league, and he's got Matt Ryan and Julio.
1: Yeah. Great and he's got buff.
2: Trent and Jamal Charles. Excellent. That is that is our, our great callers are smart, Bill, because every caller that's called in has drafted smartly in the past, and they're reaping yep. the benefits now. And, and all of them seem to have high draft picks again this year, too. Yeah. So... I don't think that Ed's going to have Le'Veon Bell available at number three. I think he'll go in the top two. It just seems to be the way that it's going with the ADP with these rookies. But he'll have a chance at Bernard for the long term or Tavon Austin or New Hopkins. He'll have his pick of the litter there.
1: We'll get back to your calls in just a bit. 855-478-7030 is the number. But, Todd, i got to tell everyone that football is back at DraftKings.com, and they are celebrating with millions of dollars in cash prizes DraftKings is a one-day fantasy sports. uh, One-day games means you're not locked into a whole season. It's like a new season every time you play. That's what we love about it. You pick your team in minutes, and you can instantly get your share of the million bucks they're offering in kickoff weekend. Week one this football season, there's a million dollars up for grabs. DraftKings is where anyone can enter with a couple of dollars, and you can win big cash prizes. Quick true story, this guy I know, he won hundred grand his first time playing. $100,000, day one, game over, money in the bank. You can sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com, promo code CHAMPS. Best of luck to you. We're going to help you out with DraftKings.com, all year long daily fantasy game. We really like what they got going on over there. Um, and we're going to help you guys win money. That, that, that's the name of the game here on the Fantasy Football Champs. We're going to take a quick break. Up next, we're going to identify our 2013 value picks. We're going to go over uh, the ADP, the average draft report, and, and help you guys uh, kind of identify who, who to pick in the later rounds that can really help out your team. Again, the number, 855-478-7030. You can also send us an email, uh, radio at footballnation.com. We're going to take a quick break. Bill and Todd, up next on the Fantasy Football Champs.
0: More fantasy football strategy and advice coming up next. You know who wasn't
2: surprised when the likes of Tom Kaepernick, Alfred Morris, Doug Martin, and RG3 took the NFL by storm last fall? The guys at collegefootballgeek.com. That's who. collegefootballgeek.com has been the nation's premier college fantasy football strategy and advice site since 2008. We're in the business of identifying fantasy gold at the college level. At collegefootballgeek.com, you can run mock drafts against the mighty CFG computer, customize your own fantasy cheat sheets, tap into our experts for advice, and keep up with the latest player news for all 124 schools. And the best part, it's free to subscribe. So whether you want to dominate your college fantasy football league, or if you simply want to get an edge on your NFL fantasy leagues by identifying tomorrow's fantasy stars today, Check out CollegeFootballGeek.com. ColdHardFootballFacts.com Insider will change the way you look at the game of pro football with our groundbreaking quality stats. These are stats that have direct correlation to winning football games. The proof is in our performance at Cold Hard Football Facts Insider. We analyze every team and pick every game every week straight up and against the spread. Cold Hard Football Facts insiders have gone 500 or better against the spread in an incredible 72% of weeks since the start of the 2009 season. Visit coldhardfootballfacts.com, click CHFF Insider, and uncover the statistical secrets that separate winners from losers in NFL games. The proof is in our performance. Become a Cold Hard Football Facts insider today at coldhardfootballfacts.com.
1: Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won a hundred grand in his very first football contest. One hundred thousand dollars the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Champs, Football Nation Radio Network, footballnation.com. FFchamps.com, Bill Enright, Todd DeVries, helping you guys win your fantasy football leagues. That's the name of the game on this show, and we want to help everyone win. There's a lot of ways that you can get in touch with us. 855-478-7030 is the phone number. You hit us up on Twitter, Todd's at CFFGeek. I'm at Bill Enright. You can also hit up the official Fantasy Football Champs Twitter handle, at FFChamps. And don't forget the email, radio at footballnation.com. And Todd, we're not just helping people that are listening to this show live every Tuesday from 12, from noon to two Eastern Standard Time. We, you know, if people are listening on demand, iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, the archive player on Football Nation or on FF Champs, you know, if if people send us emails or if they tweet us, you know, we're still going to help you guys out. That that's what's great. We try to get one-on-one uh, service as much as possible. To, to really help uh, well, people Well, you know,
2: that's the big differentiator with FF Champs and some of these other sites out there, Bill, is the one-on-one advice. And, uh, you know, you can hassle Bill or any of our other staffers anytime you want with any questions that you have. Um, they get back to you really quick. And this time of year, Bill, the emails, they flow in at record-setting pace. So we were very, very busy answering all your questions. And uh, that's why we love the show. It's another outlet to get your questions answered. And, Bill, we have an email from Roland, Who's? It looks like he started up a new league. Okay,
1: mm-hmm. it's a
2: half point PPR, and uh, you know there's about 12 managers. He's trying to just get get a loose strategy going as how he should attack this league, Right. right. And his strategy is pretty sound because it follows our commandment number five on waiting on a quarterback. He says what he's going to try to do is get out of the first four rounds, probably going RB, RB, wide receiver, wide receiver, then maybe tight end if Gronk's available in round five. Right. before he even considers a quarterback.
1: That, in that's round six, a smart move.
2: I love it. And in round six, he'll probably get a Romo or a Stafford, someone like that. That is the way to go here. So I like what he's doing here. He's asking for our advice. And that, I think he's got it nailed on how he should tackle this. Um, he also plans on he was asking if he should only draft one defense and one kicker and worry about the backups whenever his kicker or defense is on by. Totally agree. If you've yeah. got an open waiver wire bill, why in the world would you draft two defenses or two nah, kickers? you don't, you don't do no. it. No. You take a flyer in the late rounds on a, you know, maybe a sleeper wide receiver, a sleeper running back. You know, there's so much more upside in doing something like that than to waste roster spots on backups at those positions that just don't matter. So that's the way to do it, my friend. You know, uh, wait to to the last two rounds to take your kicker in defense and uh, don't grab backups there. Wait until they're on by and worry about it then.
1: You know, the only problem I have with, with Roland's strategy is I don't try to pigeon myself. I don't force myself to go running no. back, running back, wide receiver, wide receiver. Um, try to take the best available talent there. If it's a wide receiver in the second round, that's why the tiering system is so important at FF Champs on our cheat sheet. You know, you you, you want to really take the best available player. So if it's three straight running backs, you know, you get a chance at MJD in the second and Chris Johnson or, or Stephen Ridley in the third. You know, that, that might be the way to go um,
2: I agree I, I think what I was just saying was in general he's waiting on a quarterback and he's right. loading that's up a
1: smart that's a smart yeah load.
2: I mean his mindset going in and I agree with you you never know how it's gonna default to you um, but in in general he's you know thinking about loading up a wide receiver and running back in those first four rounds and I, I agree with that in a draft I did the other day bill um you know I grabbed my third running back before I grabbed you know a second wide receiver because the yep. value was there Stephen Jackson the just plummeted to me and I was like well can't pass on him here I looked at the The FF Champs cheat sheet and I in my tiers, and Steven Jackson was sticking out like a sore thumb in the running back tier. He was the last one left in that tier of running backs. And then at the wide receiver position, there were six or seven wide receivers that I could have picked from, but they were all kind of the same. And I was like, well, let me grab Jackson, and on the turn, you know, I'll just snatch up one of those wide receivers. And that's exactly what I did.
1: All right, Todd, so in the last segment, we took, uh, we kind of reviewed our 2012 undervalued players that really came onto the scene and performed in a big way. Doug Martin, Tony Gonzalez, R.J. 3 Andrew Luck, and, and Reggie Wayne were some of the guys last year. What do you say we transition over to 2013 and help everyone out there listening identify some of the undervalued players that are, that are going in drafts late in the rounds that can still give you really great production?
2: I totally agree. Why don't we start at the quarterback position, Bill? Who do you think is undervalued at the quarterback position as we head into uh, the preseason here?
1: My man Mike Leitz does this great ADP report over at ffchamps.com. You can follow Mike on Twitter, ffchamps underscore Leitz. Does a tremendous job. He really looks at the ADP matrix that we have at ffchamps.com, and he goes through where guys are currently getting drafted, average draft position, that's ADP, and then matches them with our projections and then kind of, like, comes up with this mathematical equation and and spits it all out. So Leeds is, like, a a maniac when it comes to this stuff. He does a great job. But one of the quarterbacks that he listed, and I 100% am all in on this, is Matthew Stafford, Todd. I mean, for a guy that's getting drafted in the seventh round and you think about our commandment number five, weight on the quarterback – Stafford's a guy that is perfectly capable of getting 35 touchdowns you know he's going to throw the ball more than anyone else in the league so 5,000 yards seems to be his normal these days seems to be the status quo with Stafford and then you think about the weapons surrounding him this year forget Calvin Johnson we all know what he's capable of doing but a guy like Reggie Bush a dynamic running back who's Excellent at catching passes out of the backfield. And then he's got Ryan uh, Ryan Broyles and Nate Brollsen back in action with a pretty solid tight end in Brandon Pettigrew. I'm loving Matthew Stafford this year. He might be the steal of the draft. You can get him in the seventh round, maybe in the eighth round. Scoop him up. Wait on your quarterback. Get a guy like Stafford.
2: I agree, and the ADP does not lie. You know, uh, what? It's kind of surprising to me that his ADP is so low because it was just two years ago, Bill, Stafford was a, was a guy that I identified in the eighth, ninth rounds. I got him in almost every one of my leagues, and he had a barn-buster year, just an yeah. unbelievable year. And last year, came back to earth just a little bit, but I can't believe that owners, you know, are just kind of pushing him down to like the seventh or eighth or ninth quarterback off the board. I, I don't get it.
1: You know, the yards were still there last year. He had forty four thousand nine hundred yards last year. It was the touchdowns. And, again, he was, he was thrown to only Calvin Johnson at the end of the year. There was no one else there that had to pick up that guy from Georgia who Stafford played with basically off the streets just to put him at wide receiver because all his other uh, playmakers were hurt.
2: What did we say at the top of the show, Bill, when we talked about Reggie Wayne and his numbers were down one season and, because he had no quarterback to throw to him? Right. And the next year he had a real quarterback and he had that rebound season. Well, Matt Stafford, for the reasons you just mentioned, in 2011 41 touchdown passes five thousand yards mm-hmm. last year, nearly identical yardage 4967 but his touchdowns got cut in half from 41 yep. to 20 yep. now, that's why people are down on him, but you can you cannot I mean, he's going to have 30 plus touchdown passes this year he's going to split the difference at worst, like you said, and people don't sleep on Ryan Broyles. he is the the, the college football's all time leader in receptions Bill. Mm-hmm. And they've been playing college football since the beginning of time, and Ryan Broyles can catch the ball. He came off a knee injury last year. I think he's much healthier this year than he was. He's going to be really solid in that passing game. Like you said, Reggie Bush is one of the top pass-catching running backs in the in the entire league. He enters the fray. Nat Stafford, I, I love him. He's a he's a perfect uh, undervalued quarterback example.
1: I, I totally agree with that, and I think uh, we we have some more quarterbacks that are really undervalued. Let's start let's go to RG3, Robert Griffin the 3rd. Washington Redskins quarterback was a dynamite rookie last year. We know he's coming off the torn ACL, but I don't know, Todd. Is modern medicine like miracles? You know, They're making miracles now with Adrian (laughs) Peterson rushing for 2,000 yards last year coming off an ACL injury. I think RG3 is going to be 100% ready to go in week one. I don't care that he's playing in the preseason. I don't care that him and Mike Shanahan are kind of jabbing at each other in the media right now. RG3 is currently the eighth quarterback being taken, and he's going somewhere in the sixth or the seventh round. He's a guy, for being the eighth quarterback taken in the leagues, he's a guy that you know can put up top five numbers.
2: Totally agree. And, you know, Bill, I follow the college game very closely, and my, one of my website, CollegeBallGeek.com, is all about college fantasy football. Well, RG3, you know, ever since his freshman year, we've been all over him. He had a major knee injury during college, okay? Yeah. The whole spring after the injury, he wore the big bulky brace, and everyone was worried about him. He came back better than ever. He <laughs> running the ball passing you name it he was unbelievable so you know when it comes to super freak athletes like rg3 like adrian peterson i'm not worried about him at all now will he run it you know will they design as many running plays for him probably not as last year doesn't matter the guy can throw it from the pocket he's gonna get better as a passer i'm not worried about rg3 at all and i'd be real comfortable drafting him as my you know qb1 waiting on the qb getting him as my qb1 in, in pretty much all formats
1: all right, so those were two players that we've seen in the past really perform uh, you know, beyond their expectations. RJ3, just a rookie last year. Stafford, uh, we, we've seen him get 40 touchdowns in the past couple of years. How about Colin Kaepernick, Todd? He's a guy that we know took over for Alex Smith last year, brought the 49ers to the Super Bowl, but we really haven't seen a full 16-game season from him. We don't know if his, you know, his, whether or not – Him getting tackled when he scrambles so much will affect him like we saw with RG3 in the playoffs last year. But we love Colin Kaepernick at ffchamps.com because we feel we saw enough out of him to make him one of the guys that we have in the top ten.
2: Yeah, well, he's another dual threat. And I think with Cap, you know, if you're valuing him high, it's because of the running ability, you know. I mean, he, he's capable, very capable. If you project his numbers from last year out over a 16-game season, which you really, you know, it's hard to do. But he, he finished with seven or 800 rushing yards last yep. year. So that's where he his value comes in. I think he's a better runner than anyone in the league. I think he's yeah. the best running quarterback in the entire league. Mm-hmm. And he gets the corner, forget about it. So that's where Cap, you know, I think the the issue with Cap is – is michael crabtree who's his number one wide receiver who he established a nice rapport with at the end of last year people are a little down on kaepernick because he doesn't have that go-to guy you know potentially that he had with crabtree last year i think that's why some people are down on him a little bit
1: right now kaepernick is the 10th quarterback taken again you can find all this information at ffchamps.com in our adp matrix it basically shows you where players are getting drafted. We have a feed from my fantasy league, mock draft central. We spit out an average uh, where these guys are going. So right now it says Kaepernick is going in the seventh round, somewhere in the 79th pick. So for a guy that's getting drafted as the 10th quarterback in your league, you're not thinking that he's going to finish 10th. You draft him thinking that he's capable of outperforming someone like Andrew Luck, who's the sixth quarterback taken. Or maybe even Cam Newton, who's right now the fourth quarterback being Here's
2: here. the deal. I, I, I love what you just said. The, the upside is, is so much bigger on Kaepernick right. than Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck, I love Andrew Luck. I think he's going to be a great quarterback for 15 years in this league. But he could fall under what I've always called the Troy Aikman theory. Now, I'm an old man. I played fantasy football since about 1990. Mm-hmm. And back then, Troy Aikman would get overdrafted each and every year because he was freaking Troy Aikman. Right. Okay. He never put up huge huge numbers. He was always consistently good. Right. But they were such a machine with Emmett Smith. They had they just had a, you know, a very uh efficient offense. You never saw Troy Aikman throw for 30 or 40 touchdown passes. He was always, you know, 24 touchdowns and eight interceptions and solid but not spectacular. Andrew Luck could fall into that type of thing he's such a huge name as a rookie people are expecting big things from him and i like andrew Luck. don't get me wrong i just think that he's going to be overvalued based on his name recognition alone uh and no injuries to worry about unlike rg3 you know, obviously rg3's got a huge name too but people worry about the injuries with him so just be careful with andrew luck i think he's gonna probably not wind up on any of my teams this year bill because he's going a little higher than i'm willing to take him
1: all right, two more quarterbacks we're going to get to. You get the point with this value-based drafting that we're going through here. Tony Romo and Phillip Rivers, both guys that are getting drafted outside of the top ten for quarterbacks, but with the upside, perfectly capable of putting top ten quality numbers. Last year, Tony Romo, I think, finished fifth uh, in points, and he was a guy that you know people weren't even drafting him until the, in somewhere in the teens. Uh, During your during your draft. So again, we preach it all the time. Wait on your quarterback. You can pick up a guy like Matt Stafford, RG3, Colin Kaepernick in the seventh, eighth, ninth, maybe even 10th rounds of your draft. And they can either outperform or perform very similar to someone like Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Peyton Manning. Uh, So that's it for quarterbacks. Let's move over to running backs, Todd. Where it's a little different for running backs, you know, we don't we don't say wait on your running backs. It's only applies to quarterbacks. But we do believe that there are some quality players that you can pick up in the fourth or the fifth round, depending on on the type of guy, or maybe the eighth or the ninth or the tenth round, um, that can add value to your team. And that's the theme of today's show. Again, it's all about value. Uh, we talked about him a little bit earlier in the show, Darren Sproles from the New Orleans Saints, and Shane Vereen from the New England Patriots. If you're in a PPR league. We really believe these guys are the perfect flex option, but they have the ability to put up RB2 type stats.
2: And, and, you know, when you talk about Sproles, I think a lot of people, you know, are on to him after the last couple of years. Even yeah. though the, the Saints kind of are, are notorious for just shuffling in the running backs in and out, in and out between Ingram and Pierre um, Pierre Thomas, right? Uh, thank goodness Chris Ivory's out of the mix now. But um, I think people you know, are a little worried about Sproles because of that, but they know he's a PPR machine. Shane Vereen, I think, is the perfect fit for our definition of an undervalued player. And why yeah. is that, Bill? Danny Woodhead's gone out of the offense. All of the wide receivers are gone for the Patriots, for that matter. Right. But uh, Shane Vereen is an excellent pass-catching running back he just hasn't had the opportunity yet and he's going to get that opportunity this year he's the guy that's going to break out this year and you turned me on to him a couple months ago Bill when you started doing your analysis so why don't you uh you know why do you like Shane Vereen for all the reasons I just mentioned or is there something I'm missing Todd it
1: is you know Danny Woodhead was a guy that people picked up last year they didn't even draft Danny Woodhead Uh, he was a pickup off the waiver wire and he finished in the top 25 for PPR leagues The New England Patriots ran the ball last year more than any other team. Steven Ridley's the guy in first and second downs. There's no doubting that. But Shane Vereen came onto the scene last year in the playoffs when Danny Woodhead was a little bit banged up, and he really exploded. We saw what he did against the Houston Texans. uh, Was just a, a dynamic player to watch. He can break off those big runs and break off those big catches. With Woodhead now gone, Steven Ridley only had six receptions last year. Danny Wood had some, had somewhere in the forties. Vereen's a guy that can, that can catch 60 receptions this year only because Aaron Hernandez isn't, uh, gonna line up for the Patriots this year. Wes Welker's gone. Brandon Lloyd is gone. Vereen, we saw him line up at wide receiver in the first preseason game against the Eagles, and he mm-hmm. caught a touchdown pass. Yep. So Varine is going to become that player for the Patriots that they use. They put him all over the field to get that mismatch, to put him against a linebacker that can't keep up with him, kind of like the, what they did with Aaron Hernandez. Now, I know Hernandez is a tight end, but the concept is still similar. They want to create mismatches, uh, and that's what the Patriots are, are really good at. So Shane Vereen is a guy that I'm targeting in every one of my drafts. Take him a round or two early. Right now, his ADP is somewhere, I believe, in the sixth round, or actually his ADP. 73 overall. Yeah, 73. So the seventh round first pick uh, is his average draft position. I have no problem taking him in the fifth round. Uh, Even if that's a little bit of a reach, I still think that's value because he can be a top 20 running back this year. I would rather be safe than sorry.
2: Bill, he went number 80 overall in my most recent draft. That's crazy. That's just crazy. And I took him. (laughs) And the other reason he lasted that long was I was so stacked at running back already that I didn't grab him a little earlier, but I wound up taking him anyway in PPR League. I mean, it's craziness. So I think he's my favorite guy off this list. Um, who else do you want to mention here?
1: Uh, I just want to say one more thing about Shane Vereen. He had the touchdown in the preseason game. He could quickly become one of those players, Todd, that blow up in the preseason and then everyone knows about him by the yeah. time your draft rolls around. Good
2: point. So hate, that's, it, I, hate it when know, that happens. I,
1: sometimes I want to keep these players quiet. I don't want to tell anyone about them. But yeah, at the same time, I, I realize that I'm doing a service to the community here. i got to, you know, bring bring my analysis, bring my insights to light.
2: <laughs> Who are the other running backs that are uh, undervalued right All now?
1: All right, two more guys that I want to mention here, or actually three more guys I want to mention here. Andre Brown from the New York Giants. Everyone is overhyping David Wilson. Listen, folks, it's going to be a running back by committee over there in New York. Uh, Andre Brown, he may have fumbled in the preseason game, but don't worry about that. He's going to get all of the goal line touches for the Giants. Uh, I believe the Giants were fifth last year in rushing touchdowns. It's not going to be the David Wilson show. It's going to be the Wilson and Andre Brown show. I promise you that. Expect a 50-50 split in terms of carries. Wilson might be the guy that gets those big runs, but Andre Brown is going to start piling up those five- and six-yard runs. And before you know it, he's going to have 60 yards and a touchdown. Perfect for your flex. He's a guy that you can get in the ninth round. Hey, here's uh, the difference. So- yeah, I'm sorry. On.
2: Here's the difference between these two. David Wilson's the sexy, athletic, you know, player from Virginia Tech a couple years ago. His average draft position is 32nd overall. Andre right. Brown, 85. It's
1: crazy. And I think they are going to have very similar stats.
2: Right. I mean, you know, Wilson might outstat him a little bit, but uh, there's a huge disparity there. So take advantage yep. of the disparity. You know, you know the Giants really well, and you know it's going to be a two-headed monster there. So Andre Brown's the, by far the better value play than David Wilson.
1: All right, the next guy up is Bernard Pierce from the Baltimore Ravens, Todd. He's not just a handcuff to Ray Rice, okay? The, the Ravens got decimated this year on offense. They lost Anquan Bolden. They lost Dennis Pitta for the season uh, thanks to an ACL injury. Their other tight end, Ed Dixon, just pulled his hamstring. They signed Dallas Clark, a 34-year-old receiver, uh, tight end, off the streets just because he has some uh, familiarity with uh, offensive coordinator Jim Caldwell. So the the Ravens are desperate for playmakers on offense. Bernard Pierce is going to be a guy that is going to come in for Ray Rice, maybe 10, 15 carries a game. Maybe he's not that uh, involved in the passing attack, but he's going to get enough carries to make him worth Drafting in your fantasy leagues, other than just the handcuff guy.
2: Totally agree, and but but he still is a handcuff guy too, and he's one of the top handcuffs in the league. I mean, I, there's no doubt about it coming into this season. So totally agree with you there, Bernard Pierce. He was a monster at Temple, by the way, in college. Bill, he 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 carried the workload there and scored twenty something touchdowns one season. So that guy, he's got some potential there, and uh, I I I like him in the later rounds as well.
1: You know, there's a kid from my flag football team that played with him at Temple. Yeah. I'm going to get some insights there. Yeah. So let's see how. Let's, let's he had some injury kind of pro- issues.
2: I'll be honest with you. He had some injury issues there. Yeah. But uh, he was like a. Dark Horse Heisman candidate one season. They had billboards all over Philadelphia hyping him really? for the Heisman. And all, you know, good luck with that when you have uh, guys like Cam Newton and yeah. all the Alabama yeah, running backs. Yeah, at Auburn. Yeah. But, you know, but they had a campaign for him. But that, my my point is is that they thought that highly of him. He was that talented big fish in a small pond and now he's uh, doing it on the big stage on Sundays.
1: All right, and the last running back we're going to get to is Ronnie Hillman from the Denver Broncos. Todd, we saw the Broncos draft Monte Ball in the second round of the NFL draft this year. Ronnie Hillman was their third-round pick last year, but he kind of got lost in the shuffle. Willis McGahee, Noshaw Moreno had better seasons. But Hillman was just a rookie, and we all know that protecting Peyton Manning on blitz pickups is so important for Denver running backs. Now that Hillman has gotten uh, has improved with his pass blocking, we think he's going to be able to either split time with Monte Ball or even lead the team in carries this year. Monte Ball, a rookie, is getting drafted in the fifth round. But Ronnie Hillman's going in, like, the 15th round. I don't know what's going on over there.
2: I got him in the 14th round in my last draft. And here's the thing. We just talked about about the Giants, right? Yeah. Where David Wilson's a third-round pick. Yep. And Andre Brown's going in the eighth round. Well, if if they're going to split carries in New York, and let's just say they split carries in Denver, right? Mm Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll tell you ask you this. Who's a better value play, Andre Brown in the eighth round or Ronnie Hillman in the 14th or 15th? Yep. You know? Now, Ronnie Hillman might lose the job to Monte Ball, but if you're in the 14th round... Take a chance. Take a chance because it's Denver. I mean, this is a big-time offense. They're going to be it in sure the red is. zone all the time, and Peyton Manning isn't scoring any rushing touchdowns. No. So, you know, I, I'm not saying Hillman's going to be the guy in Denver, but, man, even if they split carries at worst... You're going to have some production there. And for a guy that I took as my RB6 or RB7, I mean, that's just, I don't know. I, I agree. If he's sitting there in the late round, in the teens, in the 13th, 14th, 15th round, at this point, as we're talking about right now, on August 13th, I think he's worth a roll of the dice.
1: Todd, if you think about John Fox, he's notorious for using a running back by committee, even back to his days with the Carolina Panthers, Jonathan Stewart and D'Angelo Williams. We saw it last year with Willis McGahee, Sean Moreno, a little bit of a mix of uh, Lance Ball even, so... Fox is going to be a guy that rotates his running backs, and Ronnie Hillman is that rotation. It's Monte Ball and Ronnie Hillman in that rotation. We're talking him up because he's going in the 15th round. That's absurd. He's going to be much better than that. Draft him on your squad because you'll be very happy you did.
2: Ball's in the Ball is the, in the fifth round, and Hillman's in the 15th. Yeah, there you go.
1: Right now. Listen, I see Chris in Kansas City on the phone. I'm going to take a quick break. The number 855-478-7030. Quick break. We're going to come back with Chris from KC and then go into wide receiver undervalued players. That's all coming up next. You're listening to the Fantasy Football Champs on Football Nation Radio Network.
5: FFG! Win your fantasy
0: league and your trophy, too. It's FF Champs. FF Champs for you. News advice, rankings, and expert advice, too. FF Champs is for you. FFChamps.com. Ensuring you win from draft to playoffs. FFChamps.com. Extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance.
1: Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won hundred grand in his very first football contest. $100,000, the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com, promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. FootballNation.com is all football all the time. It's a one-stop shop for diehard football fans to get their football fix. NFL, college football, fantasy football, news, analysis, videos, articles, and podcasts. You'll find it all on FootballNation.com. It's a great place to interact with thousands of hardcore, passionate NFL, college, and fantasy football fans. Want to get in the game? The Football Nation community gives hardcore fans the power to share their opinions, views, passions, photos, gripes, stats, or analysis. FN has the biggest network of user contributors dedicated solely to covering football. Join our team today and instantly launch your own team, player, or fantasy football column or blog. Build your own personal brand and following with your Football Nation portfolio of content. If you love football... You belong on footballnation.com. Simply sign up for free at footballnation.com and become a citizen of Football Nation today. The
0: champ is here! It's fantasy football time the the with the Fantasy here. Football Champs. It's Garrett leaps and he's got it! It's a touchdown for Larry! Fitzgerald. Dominate your league in. with the guys from FFChamps.com. Is Reed throwing back at the, the end so the leaping grab touchdown. Todd DeBries and Bill Enright Wright are the here. fantasy football champs. The
1: champs here. All right, welcome back to our number two of the fantasy football champs here on FootballNation.com, FFChamps.com. Bill and Todd hanging out with you for another sixty minutes, and we kept Chris from Kansas City on the phone, and again, 855 478 is the number. Uh, Chris, we appreciate your, your patience. What's going on? I understand you're setting up a new draft, or a new league?
5: Yeah, we're going to switch over to a keeper league, and we're kind of arguing about proper formatting. Uh, some people think uh, signing
3: last year's draft position, so like Arian Foster drafted one overall, like we carry that position forever, which doesn't really make sense because he's not always going to be worth the number one pick overall. Right. Or going to, depending on how many keepers you keep, those are your you use those first two picks. So I was curious if you guys have any insight on that.
2: Well, first of all, let me just get this straight. You're, you're in an established league with your buds And you're going from a redraft league to a keeper league. The first piece of advice, and Bill, if you disagree, let me know, is, you know, you have you you can't keep anybody from last year to this year. Absolutely not. You didn't establish, you know, that you were unless you established you were doing a keeper league prior to last year's
5: draft. We did. we
3: were prior to last year's draft it was made known that it was a keeper league, but we didn't really agree on yeah, we didn't disagree we didn't really agree on any kind of
1: format for it though. Well, that was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. mistake. I, I agree. Rule number one, commitment number one. Know thy scoring system, and that goes for different rules and formats. Because and- that,
2: that changes how you draft.
1: You know? Yeah, absolutely. Correct.
2: And uh, you really need to. I mean, best advice is that you, what you should have done last August. Just, was just reset it all and set every rule up. Every possible keeper rule needed to be set up going into that draft, because now, I you know. People, I can see why people would complain. There could be some controversy. Yeah, because
5: you're, you're I, yeah. Kind of I wouldn't do the keepers the
2: this year.
3: I wouldn't do it, the it's keepers pretty, this year. pretty Chris. out of hand, people are like threatening to walk away. <laughs>
2: yeah, I would. I yeah, mean, you know what? Uh, yeah, I agree, I'm Bill. You can't. You
1: can't. No, uh, you can't. You can't because this is what's going to happen. And and you want some advice about about how to set up the proper keeper format. What you need to do is, is establish a rule. So if a guy is drafted in a fourth round he loses two spots the following year, so he would become a second-round pick this year. If he was drafted after the eighth round, maybe he becomes an eighth-round pick this year. If he was picked up off the waiver wire, maybe he becomes an eighth-round pick this year. But for you to go to back last year's draft and say, well, you took Trent Richardson in the second round, so you get him in the Trent second round again this year, that just doesn't make sense. It's unfair to a lot of managers. You didn't prepare to be... Uh, Um, committed to those rules last year. So what you do is you clear the slate, you say this year we're going to follow these rules, and then in 2014 when we're drafting again, you'll have your fourth-round pick in the second round. You'll have your sixth-round pick in the fourth round. That's really the fairest way to go, and it's also the best way to start the Keeper League. And if you want to add two or three keepers, you can do that and and build up over time. Todd, what used to happen back in the day in, in my first Keeper League when I first started you drafted a guy like and Tomlinson, and then you had him every year. And, and you basically won the championship because you had LT in his prime. There has to be some kind of um, downgrade from year to year. It can't just be, you know, you drafted LT in the first round, and you get LT in the first round. There's got to, There's got to be some give and take there. Maybe you don't kick, Maybe you can't keep a first round pick for more than back. You know, for more than two seasons in a row. Right. There's um, ways to yeah. There's ways yeah. to
2: battle against that. You can you can say that you can only keep a player for X amount of years. Right. You know, two, two years for for example. You can you know you can limit the number of keepers. Um, there's a lot of ways to mitigate that thing that kind of thing from happening. But I think you know what you were saying there is that some of the guys in your league are threatening to leave. I think you need to, like Bill said, clear the air and say, hey, we screwed up last year. Let's set this record straight. Let's go and all agree on keeper rules going into this year's draft for, for keeping for next year and go from there. I think that's the only way to go.
1: And Chris, are these people okay. who, like your close friends?
3: Yeah, some of them are. <laughs> yeah, see,
1: that's, a, that's I mean, what's great. Right, like,
3: you are going like, to lose friendships over it, but it's, like, people are just like, you're not. It's a hundred dollar buy-in, so they don't want right. to spend that kind of money for something they don't know if it's gonna for stuff that we didn't agree on beforehand. So I guess you,
1: that's what's great about a keeper league. When you're doing it with your friends, you know that those same guys are going to be on your those same players are going to be on your team. So so you know you kind of build not a relationship with them, but you get close to some players that you like. And then if you're with your friends, it makes it even better because you start to identify certain players with your friends, and it's a good mix. Um, You mentioned that people might leave the league. I would immediately put in, once you establish these new keeper rules, put down a security deposit, 50 bucks, 75 bucks, and say, you know, you'll get this back in three seasons if you're still in the league. But if you leave, you lose your security deposit. This way, if you right. do face one of those managers that leave, you know, at least the league doesn't suffer that much. It kind of thwarts people from just, you know, picking up and packing their bags. Okay. Chris, do you have any oh, draft advice or, or strategy that you need to discuss? What's that? Do you have any draft advice or strategy that you'd like to discuss?
3: Uh, no, I'm pretty good. I was just—I <laughs> was. I usually—I've won. I've won the last two years, so. All right. I'm uh. I usually do pretty well.
1: Good. We'd like to hear that. Thanks for the call, Chris. Uh, be sure to call back the rest of the season. We're, we're, we'll look forward to seeing uh, what happened with your league because now I'm kind of interested what's going to happen.
2: Seriously. That uh Yeah. Yeah, if you're if you it happened in one of my leagues, Bill, after like ten years we decided to go to a keeper format. But you know, you have to plan it a year in advance. Right. Pretty much. You know? You yeah. have to set the rules going into the draft so that people know what they're doing because it changes the way you draft.
1: We had a four year plan in my keeper league that evolved into a dynasty league team. We right. started off with two keepers, then we went to four, then we went to eight, then we went to a thirty 32- two man draft or a thirty two round draft. So it was a four year process that you're slowly building up your team. Like I still have Ray Rice um on my team from when I drafted him as a rookie. Wow. So, you know, it was a slow process that you had to build up your team, but it's a lot of fun. I love the keeper in, in dynasty formats. If you're keeping more than four or five guys in your team, you know, you could really do some damage year in and year out.
2: Yeah, and I'm all for changing up the league rules, you know. Um, yeah. from time to time. The league gets a little stale after a couple of years using the same format. Spice it up, add PPR, add a flex, you know, go to a keeper, you know, keep, keep it changing every couple of years. It makes it interesting.
4: Uh,
1: we have an email from Brent who just emailed us at radio at footballnation.com. He wants to know about his keeper league format. He says the way that they do their keepers is only two keepers a year. No player can be kept for the first three rounds. So that's a pretty good idea. Uh, you can't keep a player in the first three rounds if you picked them uh, so if you pick him in 2013 you can't keep that player first second or third round in 2014 uh, the keeper where he's drafted is the round he replaces the following year i don't like that rule so if you keep a guy in the sixth, if you draft the guy in the sixth round this year you get to keep him in the sixth round next year i think that's uh, that's not that competitive I, i'm not sure if i like that rule what do you body. mean it's not competitive I, I i just feel like that's not um i, I don't know i i feel like you start to lose, I don't know about the, I don't know. You start to lose some kind of value in the league where if guys are being kept year in and year out in the same round, you know, like I said, if you uh, drafted well, Lodin-
2: well. Here's how one of my league works. Like one of my leagues is like this, Bill. It, it's a it's a conservative league, and they, we wanted to go keeper, but they just wanted to ease into it, right? Yeah. So what we did was just for the first year was, all right, you can only keep one player, and he has to be drafted in the eighth round or later, and you can only keep him for one year.
1: Okay, I like that. So,
2: so what happens is in that eighth round, what you see is all the rookies. Uh, yeah, you see a lot of youngsters going, and um, if they're not already taken, you know, that's where you take your flyer. Instead of taking your flyer in the twelfth round, you might you might bump it up to the eighth round just to to see what happens, you know, and uh, and then you get to keep them as an eighth round pick. Let's say let's say pens out, and you want him again the next year. I think I took Andrew Luck um in that in that league last year, so I get to keep Andrew Luck in the eighth round if I want to just for one more year.
1: Right, but in in this format, Brent's format, um, the emailer, he says you can. He just replaces the year before where he was drafted. So if you draft, I just think it gets boring. If you draft a guy like, I don't know, an example like Le'Veon Bell this year, you're gonna have Le'Veon Bell for the rest of his career in the sixth round. That, that to me nah, is like. Yeah, you gotta put a
2: limit on the years.
1: Yeah, I just don't. I don't think that's good. Uh...
2: Yeah, you either limit the years or you, you bump up, like you said. If he's a six-round pick, you got to bump it up to. you, you lose your fourth-round pick every
1: year or something. Right. What I, I what, I do, what I do like about Brent's format is the free agent replaces the last round of the draft. So he says you get great value with those keepers that you pick up off the waiver wire, but it also makes the waiver wire really, really competitive because yep. you know you can find some diamonds in the rough off the waiver wire each year. So I like to see a league where everyone's on the waiver wire trying to get the best guy available.
2: Yep, I totally
1: agree. I do like that. So that was a good email from Brent. Uh, radio at, uh, at footballnation.com is our email address. 855-478-7030 is the phone number, and you can hit us up on Twitter at FFChamps. Todd, what do you say that we go to Justin in Boston? He's in a 10-team mm-hmm. league. Uh, Justin, what's up, man? You're on with the champs.
5: Hey, how's it going, guys? Um, I have a couple questions here. Um, let's see if I uh, missed on uh, Jimmy Graham he's supposed to go out pretty early in the draft. Um, where would you like to tie it in, and who would you recommend?
2: Is this a PPR league?
5: Um, actually, um, let me see. It's a half PPR, so it's a point for every five receptions. One, One point,
2: point for point? every five
1: receptions? That's like yes. a point two.
2: Yeah, that's a point two PPR. Huh. Oh, yeah. Unless you're saying, unless you messed up, and it's really half a point per reception. Is that what you mean?
5: Uh, let me check right now. Let me look at my settings. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, while he's checking, Bill, um, <laughs> I think it depends. I think it wait, depends. Wait, hold on... on,
1: I gotta find out if this is a point .2 per reception league. I mean, I've never heard of something like that.
2: before. <laughs> that's somebody
3: overthinking it, isn't
1: it? Yeah, a little bit. Let's
3: see, receiving um... or somebody? Yeah, every seconds. five receptions is one point.
2: What's that? Five receptions is one point.
5: Every every five receptions is one point.
2: All right, so basically, it's non PPR, Bill.
5: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's what I said. It's not really PPR.
2: All How right. many, 10 teams?
5: A 10-team league, yep. <laughs> All
2: right, Bill, All what's right. your advice? I mean, I yeah, think what so he's t- looking at here is, you know, obviously Jimmy Graham, you got Gronk, you got Vernon Davis, Witten, Gonzo. What do you
1: right. think? You know, the tight end position just got decimated this year with Aaron Hernandez getting arrested and getting locked up, Dennis Pitta getting out, uh, AC, tor- touring his AC, tearing, tearing his ACL. Wow, that was tough. Tearing his ACL and is now out for the season. Uh You know, There's maybe six guys, maybe seven guys that I feel comfortable with, I feel confident in. If you're looking for a sleeper, Greg Olson and Jared Cook. I think both of those guys, even in the non-PPR format, you can get them in the eighth, ninth, maybe tenth round. Those are guys that can put up quality stats for you. We have them number six and number seven on the FFChamps.com cheat sheet. Vernon Davis is going to have to produce this year simply for the fact that the 49ers have no other options other than Anquan Bolden. Todd, you alluded earlier in the show, Michael Crabtree's out for the sea or out for the majority of the season with the torn Achilles. Uh, AJ Jenkins, their first round pick last year, doesn't bust. seem to just get it. Big time bust. Uh, Mario Manningham's coming off a torn ACL. They drafted Quentin Panic- uh, Quentin Patton, your boy from LaTeX. Louisiana Tech. But he has a jammed finger or a fractured finger, and he hasn't been catching passes right now in the preseason. So it's really on Vernon Davis and Anquan Bolden to contribute for that San Francisco 49ers uh, passing attack. I think Davis is a guy that you can get in the fifth round, and he might be one of the best tight ends all all season long. So go after Vernon Davis. Go after Tony Gonzalez. If you miss out on them, grab Greg Olsen or Jared Cook.
5: All right, cool. And I have a question for the quarterback. Sure. Um, I gonna probably wait for the quarterback instead of going, like, for the Aaron Hernandez. I'm not Aaron Hernandez. Aaron Rodgers. Or Damn Cooper, right you're waiting rating. on that quarterback. think about maybe like, waiting for, like, the middle round. Maybe, like, a Matt Stafford or, like, a 21 or something Good. like that. What do you think about that? <laughs>
1: totally Justin, agree. Justin, we, we love that strategy. I mean, that, that's what we preach every segment of this show. Wait on your quarterback. Wait on your quarterback. Wait on your quarterback. We just did our over-under or undervalued list. Matthew Stafford was number one. On our undervalued list, Tony Romo is a guy. Uh, also on that list, but in a ten-team league, you can get Stafford, Kaepernick, Griffin, and and still expect top five uh, stats from from those quarterbacks.
2: Yeah, you, you don't have to. You, you can wait till the sixth, seventh round before you even think quarterback in that league.
1: All right, we appreciate Justin from Boston calling in. Uh, interesting situation with that point two per reception, Todd. <laughs>
2: Uh, oh, this should I mean the, the commissioner should be fired.
1: Yes. You know I'm what horrible. Is that? At, you know I'm horrible at math, but I, I believe he said you get one point for every five receptions. So that's point two, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I've never heard of that before. You might as well. I think he I think he screwed
2: it. it up. I think the Definitely commissioner screwed up. screwed up the settings. It should be flip flopped .5 yeah. points per one
1: reception. One reception, hundred percent.
2: That's that's viable because that's gotta that, gotta be some, <laughs> that adds that adds little be bit mistake. of juice.
1: Commissioner.
2: That's pretty good. Commissioner error. Make sure that commissioner fixes that error before the drafts. Everyone Are knows. you a commissioner of any
1: leagues? I love yes. being a commissioner. Yeah. Love I've been being a, commissioner a
2: commissioner for 20, 20, uh, geez, what year are we on? About 23 years. Damn.
1: Yeah. My, uh, I'm a commissioner of probably my most important league because it has the most money, and I love being the commissioner. Love being in charge. Love calling the shots. Love telling people that I can and cannot do stuff. I'm not surprised, Bill. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm like a dictator. <laughs> Actually, my friends do make, like, these f- pictures of me being, like, a dictator.
4: <laughs>
1: the Beautiful. fantasy football commission. Yeah, I take it very seriously. Very, very seriously. All right, what do you say we get back to undervalued players? We did quarterbacks. We did running backs. Let's take a shot at some wide receivers, Todd.
2: All right. Well, who's, who's number one on your list? Because there's a guy that I grabbed. I don't want to say he's number one on my list. But there's a guy that just seems to drop in every draft by the name of Cecil Shorts.
1: And the reason why he drops is because he plays for the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I don't give a damn because this guy was a waiver wire gem last year. You know, you think about Victor Cruz coming off the waiver-wire. That was what Cecil Shorts gave you uh, in 2012. He had seven touchdowns, 979 yards, 55 receptions, and very limited action with a really bad quarterback. Cecil Shorts is a guy that you can take as your wide receiver three, but after almost 35 wide receivers are off the board. So I love Cecil Shorts. I think he's going to be a big-time player once again in 2013, despite his awful quarterback play.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, he his uh, ADP right now is basically 6th, 7th round. Yep. And I got him in the ninth round. There you go.
1: And it's because he plays for the Jaguars. And usually we avoid players from bad teams. But a guy like MJD, who's also on Jacksonville, and Cecil Shorts—they're the exceptions to that rule.
3: Yeah. There's well, not many gonna... exceptions
1: to that rule, but those two are one of them. Those yeah. two are, are them.
2: Every other week, he was catching uh, over—you know—he uh, eclipsed the 100-yard 100 mark. 105 targets last year, Bill, for a guy that basically didn't come on until you know a month and a half into the season. Still had 105 targets.
1: And you know what? Justin Blackman suspended for the first four yep. games, so those yep. targets are going to even—they're going to go up even more.
2: Yep. I mean, again, he he really wasn't much of a factor in the first four or five weeks last year. Still wound up with nearly 1,000 yards and seven touchdowns. Yep. And he's a guy you can get in the seventh, ninth round.
1: All right, how about Danny Amendola, the new weapon for Tom Brady and the New England Patriots? To me, he's undervalued, Todd, because what we've seen from Amendola over the past few years, even though he got all the comparisons to being Wes Welker-like, He's never healthy, but I think that's going to change this year. I think you can expect Danny Amendola to stay healthy. Now that he's with the Patriots, he can put up similar stats to what Wes Welker did. I don't know if he's going to do it for year after year. The longevity is still going to be a question, but I think this is the year to draft Danny Amendola. He's going to stay healthy. He's going in the sixth round, fifth round of most drafts. He's going to be a guy, if you're in a PPR league, he'll put up top ten numbers.
2: He should. It's all about the health, right? I mean that's what everyone's worried about. I think if if he had been healthy for a few years in in uh, St. Louis, and he was going to Tom Brady, I think people would feel a lot better about drafting him. You know, absolutely. But like you said, I mean, uh, he's going in that he went in the sixth round of my most recent PPR draft. So um, you know, people are a little hesitant on him. But but uh, I don't know, Bill. If you're on the clock and he and Wes Welker are there, who are you taking?
1: If he PPR and Wes. PPR League and I'm on the clock for Welker and Amendola. I'm gonna take Welker, I'm gonna to lean toward Welker. They're nineteen and twenty on the FF champs cheat sheet, so you're really They're splitting right hairs here.
2: Um Is it possible that is it possible that what? let's see, well, between if you're comparing the two this year, that Welker has less of a downside, but Amendola has more of an more upside. Of an upside. That I agree sense? with that. Yeah. yeah, I agree with okay. that.
1: Okay. You know, I, I really plan on targeting one of those players, one of those receivers from Denver. If I was really on the spot, I, m- I might take a chance on Danny Amendola just because of what you said there. He has the higher upside. But how about Eric Decker, another player that I think is on this undervalued list because now that they brought in Wes Walker, I think Decker's get is being forgotten by a lot of fantasy managers. He's very young. He's in a contract year, which I always think gives players extra motivation. Uh, he had double-digit touchdowns last year. I don't think that's going to change just because they brought in a new weapon in Wes Walker.
2: Well, the production has to go down somewhere. Does it? I don't know. I mean, you know, Welker.
1: Maybe Peyton Manning's production goes up.
2: Yeah, it's possible. I mean, Decker last year, 85 catches, 1,064 yards, 13 touchdowns. Right. I
1: I can't see him doing that again with Welker in the mix. Maybe the touchdowns go down a little bit, but you don't think he can be a 1,000-yard receiver again with 80 receptions? (sighs) I do. I think he can be a 1,000-yard receiver.
2: I think he might do it on
1: less receptions. Welker's a guy that's going in the sixth round, Todd, and I think he can get a a wide receiver two numbers. I really do. I'm all in on the Denver Broncos this year. That's just an offense that I love. Here's here's the
2: deal. It's it's Demarius Thomas caught 94 balls. Decker caught 85. So you're thinking they're going to keep on that pace and Walker's just going to come in and catch another 90? Yeah. So then Manning's going to pass for like 7,000 yards. I think he's going to pass for
1: 5,000-plus yards, yeah.
2: I think Welker comes into the mix. is very productive. I think Demarius Thomas is okay because he plays a totally different type of position there. Right. He's the deep guy. And I think that it hurts Decker a little bit. I think Welker hurts Decker more than he hurts Thomas. Uh, I'm a little concerned about Decker. So for put real. me in – maybe I'm one of the guys – it's the reason that Decker's undervalued is because guys like me, I'm a little concerned about Decker with Walker in the mix.
1: Let's just take a look at this real quick. Last year, Peyton Manning had 4,659 yards. Do you think those the yardage numbers go up? The yardage numbers, 4,600. 4, sure. Do you think he improves? First year back after missing a season with a neck injury, now that he's back into Peyton Manning form, I think those numbers go up. Let's give him 150 more yards. That's 4,800, right? Okay. Let's say that of that 4,800, maybe 4,200 goes to Wes Welker, Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker. You think, uh, you think that's too much?
2: That's 1,400 each. Right. That's 1,400 each. That's, that's, a, that's 400 more for Decker than he did last year. So he's going to have 400 more yards than last year with Welker. I don't see that happening.
1: All right, so let's even bring it down a little bit. Let's say that Peyton Manning still stays with 4,800 yards, but let's take 1,000 yards off of his reception, his yardage total. Maybe some of them go to running backs. Maybe the tight ends are in the mix. So let's take 1,000 yards off that total and then divide that by three. It's still 1,250 yards between those three receivers. Okay. I, st- I think Pey- I think between Darius Tom- Demarius Thomas, Eric Decker, and Wes Walker, they will make up 3,800 yards of Peyton Manning's 4,800. That's what I'm going with here. That's how I break down the numbers. I think Peyton Manning's going to have 40-plus touchdowns this year. Let's say 30 of them go to those three receivers. That's three touchdowns each.
2: We'll see, man. I don't know. We shall see. I- I'm uh... – I'm just. I'm gonna disagree on Decker. I'll, I'm just not. I'm not enamored with Decker this year. I think he's gonna be hurt. I'm not worried about Demarius Thomas. I think he'll be a top six wide receiver fantasy wise, and I like Walker into the mix. I'm just a little worried about Decker, and I'm not willing to spend a fifth round pick on him.
1: All right, the last receiver that we're gonna discuss is James Jones from the Green Bay Packers. Todd, this is a guy that led the league in touchdowns last year, receiving touchdowns, 14 receiving recept, uh, receiving touchdowns last year, led the league. With Greg Jennings gone, Jordy Nelson injured, not going to play at all in the preseason, James Jones is a guy to me that with a ninth-round ADP, he's an absolute steal.
2: Yeah, there's a guy that, you know, his surroundings have changed. You know, it's it's changed for his benefit. Like you said, Jennings gone, Nelson injured, uh, Randall Cobb's coming into his own, so I think Randall Cobb's going to, you know, have a, uh, continue to build upon his impressive numbers from last year. But yeah, James Jones is a guy that just his name is a, is a real basic name. Bill on draft day, people forget about him. People forget about James Jones because his name is James Jones.
1: Right. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not I do. like a,
2: it's not like he's got a cool name like Victor Cruz or Dez Bryant, you know? Right. James, James Jones. Jones. I think there's, uh, there's something to that. I think there's something to that. It's a, a psych uh, psychological thing.
1: Well, regardless of his name, I think he's going <laughs> to produce like someone named Calvin Johnson. Maybe not as good as stats, but you know, someone like with that prime time name that we all love. You think he he can match the 14
2: touchdowns from last year?
1: I think he can get double digit touchdowns from last year. I think his yardage,
2: his receptions and yardage go up, his touchdowns go down a little bit. But yeah.
1: Definitely with the receptions and yardage. I mean, here's
2: the deal. We just kind of broke down the the Broncos. If you believe Aaron Rodgers is going to be a top two or three fantasy tight end, then you got to believe James Jones is going to have some, some serious production.
1: Yeah.
2: You know? So, yeah, I agree with you.
1: All right. So that was kind of our undervalued players for 2013. We'll continue to add to this list throughout the preseason. And again, Find the ADP matrix over at FFchamps.com. Check out Mike Leitz's article, uh, undervalued players, uh, undervalued and overvalued players. We didn't even get to the overvalued players today. We're going to probably do that next week. Um, but Todd, I mean, with the preseason in full swing, now is the time that these players either start to rise or fall on the ADP based on what, what they're doing in camp and, and what they're doing in the preseason.
2: Right, Bill. And it only takes one play to change the perspective of the perception of a player (laughs) how many people are talking up chris johnson right now because of his one run yep you know he's back i mean every channel i turn on they're talking about him potentially getting back to 2,000 yards rushing because of one stinking run
1: yeah you you gotta be careful
2: don't you gotta be careful you you want to see how these players perform in the preseason absolutely and sure chris johnson looks good but you can't get too caught up in it. You can't change your draft boards too much on such a small sample size. He had, what, three carries in that game?
1: Yeah. Something like that. 62 yards.
2: Yeah, well, one of them came on 58 yards, which is great, but you just got to be careful. Um, but like you said, uh, you hate it when players that you covet do explode in the preseason, like Ridley, Fareen from the Patriots. You, you know, we've been really high on those two guys. And their ADP is going to go up, 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 up if they continue to break long touchdown runs on the first play of the stinking game against the Eagles and uh, and Vereen catching passes for touchdowns out of the backfield.
1: It really amazes me how much players can get hyped up in the preseason and then all of a sudden on draft day you think you're getting a steal and then they go two or three rounds ahead of where, where you were projecting. I hate when that happens. Absolutely hate it. Nothing's worse than sitting on a sleeper all summer, all off season, and then watching him just slip through your fingers because he had one explosive game in the preseason, and then all of a sudden the guy that really hasn't been playing attention probably has a magazine in his hands. All of a sudden, you know, he saw him on one highlight on SportsCenter's top ten, and then that player that should have been yours is now on someone else's team.
2: Well, you know what, what guy falls into that category for me? Who have I been high on since last November? Giovanni Bernard. Yep. Now he's on hard knocks and he's like the darling of hard knocks.
1: Yeah, I know. Even if you're driving a minivan.
2: You know, leading up to the draft, I kept saying he's the number one running back. And everyone said, nah, he's going to be the fourth, or fifth, yeah. sixth running back. Yeah. yeah, you know. Well, he was the number one taken. And uh, so then I was kind of like, ah. I felt good because I was right. But then I was kind of like, well, he's not going to sneak up on anybody you now. <laughs> you know, and then he goes on hard knocks and then he's driving a minivan around.
1: I legit get angry when that happens. I get frustrated. I get annoyed. I get upset. And I get angry. I hate it when that happens. Yeah, I agree. And it happens to you a lot, Todd, because you're, you're so involved with college fantasy football. Like a guy like RG3, you probably knew he was going to be the best quarterback other than Andrew Luck way before the Redskins even, just, even thought about trading up to get him.
2: I was so disappointed. Uh, yeah. I thought when the Redskins made that trade, I thought it was a brilliant move. And I thought the yep. Rams were in an impossible spot because the Rams still had Sam Bradford. They still wanted to see if he could, you know, they spent such a high draft pick on him. And he was before the salary cap, right? Bradford's first contract.
1: Oh, yeah. signed a So they had so, so much invested in Bradford. They're
2: sitting there with RG3 on the board. <laughs> it would suck to be a Rams fan because yeah, they kind of had to do what they did, kind of. Yep, Financially, they I don't know. They, they could have swung it any other way. It wasn't like, You know, everyone wanted Bradford in the trade market. Right. But, yeah, RG3 is a guy that we just loved for, man, all four years at Baylor. He was unbelievable. And uh, Giovanni Bernard is another guy. So, yeah, it hurts me when these players, uh, you know, don't sneak up on anybody anymore. I like it when they're my my secret player.
1: Yeah, I like that too. And I get very, very angry when my secret player is not such a secret anymore. Yeah. But what can you do? I guess you can just – Pull the cable plugs on your on your opponents, you know. Start cutting wires.
2: Yeah. Well, hey, Colin Kaepernick's another one, man. He sure is. I uh, I actually interviewed him after his sophomore year at Nevada. Okay. And he told me that I was the first quote unquote national guy to even interview him. Like, all really. All his interviews had been you know local and stuff. Because in the world of college fantasy, he had a kind of a a mini breakout year his sophomore year. Yeah. Well. So, you know, he's probably my favorite college player from a small school ever. Really? So to have him come in and just do what he did in the 49ers, it really didn't surprise me too much, honestly. The question is, can he sustain it when the the, the whole league's going to, you know, prepare for the Niners this offseason? Can he sustain the ridiculous dual threat, right. uh, you know, capabilities? I think he, right. he can, but we'll see. But that's another guy that I've just held near and dear to my heart over the years, and uh, now he's just doing huge things in uh, in the, the
1: NFL. 855-478-7030 is the phone number. Hit us up on Twitter, at FFChamps. Todd, let's take a quick break. When we come back, Jamal Charles, the biggest story of the NFL in the world of fantasy football, going on right now. Suffered a, a foot injury in Chiefs training camp. We'll tell you what happened, tell you about the Twitter overreaction and we'll give you the latest status update on Kansas City Chiefs running back, Jamal Charles. That's all coming up next right here on the Fantasy Football Champs.
0: More fantasy football strategy and advice coming up next.
2: ColdHardFootballFacts.com Insider will change the way you look at the game of pro football with our groundbreaking quality stats. These are stats that have direct correlation to winning football games. The proof is in our performance at Cold hard football Facts Insider. We analyze every team and pick every game every week straight up and against the spread. Cold Hard Football Facts insiders have gone 500 or better against the spread in an incredible 72% of weeks since the start of the 2009 season. Visit coldhardfootballfacts.com, click CHFF Insider, and uncover the statistical secrets that separate winners from losers in NFL games. The proof is in our performance. Become a Cold Hard Football Facts Insider today at coldhardfootballfacts.com.
1: FootballNation.com is all football all the time. It's a one-stop shop for die-hard football fans to get their football fix. NFL, college football, fantasy football, news, analysis, videos, articles, and podcasts. You'll find it all on footballnation.com. It's a great place to interact with thousands of hardcore, passionate NFL, college, and fantasy football fans. Want to get in the game? The Football Nation community gives hardcore fans the power to share their opinions, views, passions, photos, gripes, stats, or analysis. FN has the biggest network of user contributors dedicated solely to covering football. Join our team today and instantly launch your own team, player, or fantasy football column or blog. Build your own personal brand and following with your Football Nation portfolio of content. If you love football, you belong on FootballNation.com. Simply sign up for free at FootballNation.com and become a citizen of Football Nation today. Hey, this is Bill Enright from the Fantasy Football Champs. I want to take a quick minute to introduce you to our new daily fantasy football partners at DraftKings.com. DraftKings.com is a new way to play fantasy football. No more losing your best player and watching your season go down the drain. At DraftKings.com, you draft a new team every week and win huge cash prizes. Here's a true story. Last year, one guy won hundred grand in his very first football contest. $100,000, the first time he played. Sign up now with promo code CHAMPS and get a free contest entry once you deposit. Again, that's DraftKings.com, promo code CHAMPS. Good luck. All right, welcome back to the Fantasy Football Champs Bill. All right, Ty the Vries hanging out with you for a few more minutes. We got 20 minutes, about 20 minutes left in the show. And we want to talk about Jamal Charles. But Todd, before we get to that, we got to talk about the DraftKings.com kickoff bash. They got a million dollars in prizes for week one, just week one of the first uh, fantasy football uh, really, you know, contest of the year.
2: Seriously, this weekly. um the weekly fantasy is all the rage now, man.
1: And DraftKings
2: by far has the best product. Um, I played it last year, and I'm totally hooked on it. I can't wait for this year. And I tell you what, I mean, if you if you view yourself as a fantasy shark, you know, a, a fantasy football champ, and uh, you want to make some quick dough, you got to check out DraftKings, man, because you can get in there and seriously rack up some wins and some uh, cash money each and every week. Uh, like you said, Bill, they, they just released all of their contest formats for this year. So we're, you and I have been breaking that down prior to the show. We're going to get into it much more detail throughout the month, especially the salary caps. We're going to find, yeah. talk about over and undervalued. We're going to break that down upwards, downwards, and sideways. We're going to pull out all sorts of great plays for you each and every week. Can't wait to start playing DraftKings. It adds a whole new element to uh, fantasy football, Bill.
1: Week one kickoff bash, a million dollars in cash prizes. That's insane. Uh, That's guaranteed, by the way. A million dollars guaranteed. Um, So they have three contests here for for week one. Uh, They have a $30,000 play action contest that's only 2 bucks to enter. They have a $100,000 Hail Mary contest that's $11. And then they have the kickoff million with a million dollars guaranteed in that prize, $200 to enter what do you say we, we take a look now all of them are, are the same in terms of uh roster and budgets but let's let's take a look at this thirty thousand dollar play action uh five thousand dollars is the top prize it's only two dollars to enter so if you win your two dollar investment goes from two dollars you get five thousand dollars in your pocket that's the kind of value that we like here on the fantasy football champ show uh Right now there's you know you get second place gets $1500 Todd third place $750 fourth place 425 bucks I'm going all the way down the list here the person that comes in 4000th 4, place 4000 okay if you can't finish in the top 4000 you're clearly listening you're not listening to this show the person that gets four thousand place gets a dollar. So the, even the person wins that comes in four thousand. Yeah,
2: you win. You, you spend two and you win three, right? Yeah. So plus right. one. Gotcha. Yeah. Plus one. I know. If you all come the way in, down to
1: four thousand. You come in. You, you 100th really can't place, go wrong here.
2: No, if you come in one hundredth place. You're looking at twenty bucks. Easy twenty bucks. Yep. That's some serious, you know, beer money. And then hell, if you finish in the top ten, you're looking at like you said, tenth place, hundred bucks, all the way up to five grand every week not this isn't a season-long thing it's every week yeah I mean that's it's good stuff man and you know a lot of us I I know personally uh, I don't play in a salary cap league any longer so all of my fantasy leagues my my season-long ones are more traditional formats so I love being able to analyze salary caps and see if I'm smarter than the guys setting those caps up and uh, Bill I mean you and I we're going to be mining through these caps each and every week and telling you, man, the way, especially when we get the matchups each week, you know, you see some, yep. some, uh, some trends that you like, and uh, you take that underrated quarterback who goes off, maybe like an Alex Smith this year against the Raiders or something, mm-hmm. you know, you get him with a low salary and then you stack up on some stud running backs. You can really make cash fast here. Cause a lot of guys playing in this bill, they're going to go with the big names each and every time. And that's not how you win.
1: If you, if you like to, you know, big risk, big reward, that two hundred dollar uh, league, the, the NFL kickoff million dollar prize, first place gets one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. You know that's like a salary for the year, one hundred and fifty grand. Todd,
2: I can't, I can't fathom that. I've never
1: <laughs> for for playing fantasy football again. That's all at DraftKings.com. Uh, the rosters are pretty simple: one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers. You get a tight end. You also get a flex spot. Running back, wide receiver, or tight end are all eligible. And then you, you pick a kicker and a defense. And don't sleep on the kickers and defenses. You know, this is not like your regular redraft league where your kickers and defenses are saved for the last round of your draft. No, the, kick, the kickers and defenses are, are pretty important when it comes to this daily fantasy game.
2: Yeah, so you got 9 guys in your lineup, pretty standard yep. lineup like you said, and you got a $50,000 uh, salary, you know, fake money, $50,000 salary cap. So, you know, you're looking at, you know, 5 to $6,000 per player. Right, you know. And just for sake of example, we're not going to dive into this too much today. We will do it later in the month, but Aaron Rodgers, for example, is $9,700 uh, salary. So, Right. You know, if you're doing, if you're gonna go big with an Aaron Rodgers, now you're dealing with eight players and only forty thousand dollars left. So you know, you got to play the salary game, which is a lot of fun, man. It's a lot of fun. I love the format.
1: Um, again, DraftKings.com, one hundred percent deposit bonus, and these leagues fill up fast. So there might be twenty-three days away from the start of week one. I'm telling you, these leagues fill up fast. So if you want to get into the action, now is the time to go to DraftKings.com. Yep, totally. Agree, All right, Todd. We mentioned before the break that we were going to discuss Jamal Charles, the biggest story in the world of fantasy football, caused a mini earthquake on Twitter yesterday. The big news, Jamal Charles carted off the field during Chiefs practice with an apparent leg injury. That was the initial report. That was all that we got. And if you're on Twitter, you probably saw it because it was trending within the first five minutes of being announced. Jamal Charles carted off the practice field with an apparent leg injury. Now, let me just explain to you about the overreaction. People were immediately predicting he tore his ACL. He uh, ruptured his Achilles. He has a Liz Frank injury. All this really, like, doom and gloom-type reports started coming out of the woodwork. People on Twitter were just going crazy. Complete overreaction. Within, I don't know, maybe an hour, Andy Reid stepped to the podium said that Jamal Charles' x-rays came back negative. We believe it's a foot strain. There's no broken bones in his foot. So we went from a leg injury, torn ACL, to finding out that it was really just a foot injury and the x-rays came back negative.
2: Well, thankfully, all that happened prior to the evening when you know there's a lot of drafts going on. Right. You know, the worst thing is when one of these uh, this type of stories breaks. You know, like six, seven o'clock in the evening Eastern Time, and maybe you have your draft at eight o'clock, and you're not really sure what's going on yet. You know, that's uh, mm-hmm. that's never a good thing. Again, if you have your draft late in the month, you don't have to worry about that type of thing. But, it, Bill, are you surprised? I mean, it's Twitter in this day and age, and the overreactions. I mean, I'm not surprised by that at all.
4: Well.
1: To make matters worse, Adam Schefter then reported that people inside the Chiefs organization were privately concerned about Jamal Charles's foot. That was maybe, I don't know, 16 hours ago. Today, the latest report is that after a meeting with two orthopedic doctors, Jamal Charles is now listed as day-to-day. The Chiefs are no longer worried about his foot and believe he'll be able to start practicing next week. So this is a big sigh of relief, not only for the Kansas City Chiefs and their ge- and their great fan base, but also for fantasy football managers because Jamal Charles was the guy looked at as a top four pick this year.
2: Yeah, well, hey, you know, this is the time of year where we all cringe and, and cross our fingers that, uh, it, that there's no injuries because – these preseason games are very meaningless, especially for the stars that we already know about. We don't need yep. to see Jamal Charles to know he's going to be a stud this year if he's healthy. You know, we just don't. So that's why we talked about Trent Richardson earlier and they're not playing yet. I'm totally fine with that. I really am. Yeah, totally. And, uh, Aaron
1: Foster, same thing.
2: Uh, yeah, but they, you know, but in addition to the preseason games, they got to practice as well. So, um, you know, you just cross your fingers. Hopefully, we, you know, we haven't been hit yet with a, a slew of, uh, running back injuries. It's been mostly wide receivers, all
1: right? Yeah, let's go through quickly the list of wide receivers. We had Percy Harvin go down with the hip surgery, Michael uh, Crabtree with the Achilles, Jeremy Macklin, Aurelius Ben, and Denario Alexander all with the ACL. Joe Morgan from the New Orleans Saints, another guy with an ACL. Yeah, they're, they're, the running backs, th- luckily, have been pretty safe. But maybe it's because they're keeping them out. You know, Trent Richardson and Aaron Foster – they haven 't been playing in the preseason they haven 't really done much in training camp. maybe head coaches are starting to get a little smarter saying, "You know what we can go yeah, out and grab a wide receiver let's let 's keep our running Bill, back safe. I mean,
2: macklin he he blew his knee out of non contact he just running he was just running a pattern yeah, i mean kevin Cobb he, he hurts his leg on a, a piece of rubber matting
1: and I guess that's just bad luck though you know some <laughs> I mean, people are just injury prone
2: yeah i mean it's one thing to see a, a nasty horrific injury getting tackled on the football field it 's another thing when you're just running a you know, a pattern with no defense, right? In warmups, and you blow out your knee, like Macklin. Just you know, it's just bad luck. It's just so. I don't know. Hopefully, though, uh, we don't have a rash of injuries coming up. Hopefully, we you know we're able to get through the next couple of weeks. It's really only two more weeks, Bill. You know, there's three weeks of the preseason where the stars really play. Week four, very Is few a... stars play.
1: Right, and that's so we why we got to get helped... through
2: two more weeks of this.
1: Right. And that's why we tell everyone to wait to have your drafts after that third preseason game because that third week of preseason, that's when you'll see the starters for the majority of the game. You know, they'll be in maybe at the start of the third quarter.
2: Right, right, yeah. I hear you, man. And, you know, it's uh, the perils of playing pigskin. And uh, we just got to just get through it, you know. I mean, what do you say, 24 days till kickoff?
1: Yeah, I think 23 or 24 days, yeah.
2: Yeah, 12 from Thursday, night I guess it's 23 days. Yep. Yeah. Can't wait.
1: Jamal so Charles what's... had uh, 40 yards from scrimmage in, in that first preseason game. He also had a touchdown.
2: Yeah. Well, I think we're all excited about Jamal Charles. I mean, you know, he he produced last year for a horrendous team with no quarterback. Now you bring in a serviceable quarterback, an Alex Smith. Um, not – you know, I love the division other than, you know, the Broncos, right? Chargers. Mm-hmm and Raiders don't scare you, so you get them four times. Right. And you get the last-place schedule, plus you get in Andy Reid, who, you know, for all of his faults, he knows offense. He's going to yeah. improve the offense. And look at Brian Westbrook. Look at LaShawn McCoy. Similar skill sets to Jamal Charles. Can catch the ball out of the backfield. Those guys caught ridiculous amounts of balls uh, coming out of the backfield for the Eagles for years and years and years. And you got to figure Jamal Charles is going to line up uh, in similar formation. I think when he got hurt, wasn't it um, – I think he was lining up in the slot, I heard, when he when he has a little foot injury. Yeah. He just, you know, he was going out, he was lined up in the slot. So he's going to be lined up all over the place in the Andy Reid offense, which is really exciting and brings an additional upside to, uh, you know, to his fantasy value, especially in PPR leagues.
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's really sad to say, but I'm going to say it anyway. We got really lucky with the Jamal Charles injury situation. We're not going to get as lucky the next time it happens, and it will happen. Maybe I'm not saying it's going to happen to Charles, but it will happen to somebody. Last year, Ryan Matthews, broken clavicle in the preseason. Something like that is going to happen maybe this week, maybe next week, but those second or third preseason games, I guarantee at one point on this show in the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about a player that got injured in the preseason, and you have to wipe them off your cheat sheet or you have to really lower expectations because he's not going to be healthy for the start of the season. I guarantee it happens.
2: Uh, well, you're probably right. It, it usually does.
1: <laughs> it happens every year. It's really a shame, but it happens every year. Remember remember with Aaron Foster, he tweeted out the x-rays or the MRI results of his hamstring with the hashtag anti-awesomeness? Yep. He missed the first two weeks or missed the, missed the first three weeks, I believe, back in 2011, I mean that stuff happens. It's part of football. It's a violent sport, and you you gotta push your draft dates back. Like you know who who's the commissioner of that league that you drafted on Sunday? You gotta knock him in the head with a hammer.
2: I know. It's brutal. It's it's absolutely brutal. And uh, we we joked about it, like I said, and walking out of the the end of the night, we joked about it, and the next day the Jamal Charles things happened. So uh, it, unfortunately, like you said, the next time we get some news from one of these superstar. Uh, fantasy skill position guys, it, the news won't be so good. You just know somebody's going to get hit with something big, and uh, you just hope it's not a quarterback or running back, honestly. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, it seems like if, if your quarterback goes down, it, it affects the whole offense, right? Yes. Obviously. So if you get a major quarterback, you know, a good offense and a major quarterback goes down, now you, now you question the running back, you question the receivers, it screws everything up. Uh, Wide receiver goes down. Someone can fill in. Uh, you know, it's 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 not as bad unless it's a huge, huge Megatron type name. Right? right. Jordy Nelson's hurt. Still got Cobb. You still got uh, James, James Jones. Jones. Plain not too James. worried about it. Gronk's out, you know. Um, but you got Amendola. So, you know, I, I don't right. know. You just got to hope that they can get through these next couple of weeks.
1: If it's Darren McFadden or Ryan Matthews, you're really not going to be that surprised, are you?
2: I'm not drafting either of those guys. I don't nah, care what the either. value is. I'm just, nope. I'm done with it. I've been there. I've done that. The last couple of years, actually, it's funny you mentioned those two guys, Bill, because I thought I was getting a uh, potential steal, um, a value pick with some of those guys the last couple of years, and it just didn't pan out. Those guys are have burned me too many times.
1: There are some players that are just simply injury-prone. I mean, I'm sure you know people like that in your personal life that, you know, they – step off the curb the wrong way and they fracture their ankle or you know they open a car door and all of a sudden you, the next thing you know their fingers laying on the ground because they slam their door shut if some people are just injury prone Darren McVadden and Ryan Matthews fall into that category
2: you know another guy we haven't mentioned yet but um it, it kind of a one to keep an eye on not for fantasy purposes as much but Geno Smith I think mm-hmm. he's trying to play through an injury man you know it's tough if you're a rookie and you show up at camp and you're battling for a spot like he is with Sanchez and you get injured, you can't miss a lot of time if you're a rookie. Right. Or you will lose your job, at least initially. Yep. And from what I've kind of been reading between the lines, it seems like, you know, not that it's a significant injury, but it's bad enough where maybe he was an established starter. I think the Geno Smith would probably take a break for a couple of days. But he's toughing it out on out the field, and that's never a good sign. If you're injured, you can really do some further damage to uh to your injury if you do that. So keep an eye on Geno Smith uh, and how he practices over the next couple of days and whether or not he plays in the next preseason game.
1: Yeah, I watched the play when he rolled his ankle against the Detroit Lions, and it looked like to be a pretty significant ankle sprain or, you know, ankle strain, whatever you want to call it. And I, I agree with you, Todd. I think he is trying to toughen out uh, you or, got you know, to though. play through I mean, if, the injury.
4: If, yeah, he has position, no choice. He has you no got choice. To.
2: Maybe if you were Andrew Luck last year and you know the job is yours, that's a different story. But he's in a battle, and uh, I give him credit for trying, but that can backfire. And wouldn't it be a shock, or wouldn't it be a shock at all if something backfired on the Jets?
1: No. I mean, that that's backfire central. Over and how about Rex York. Ryan
2: saying he doesn't even watch the offense?
1: Yeah, I wouldn't watch the offense either. I mean, they're nauseating. I can't blame him. Can you? That's true. <laughs> that's true. But, I mean, yes, that's ridiculous that he came out and said that. Yeah. Do, do you believe him? you really think that he doesn't watch the offense?
2: I don't believe anything that comes out of his mouth.
1: No, I don't either. Yeah. Other than, unless you're talking about food. you can. You, if you food need a good feet. restaurant recommendation, Rex Ryan's a guy you'll want to listen to.
2: I hear he's an expert on feet, too.
1: Yes, or, or feet, if you're into that kind of thing. <laughs> but, I mean, for him to say, a head coach to say that he doesn't watch his offense on, game, on film, uh, you know, that explains a lot with why the Jets have sucked the last two years especially on offense.
2: Yeah. You know, that team is just the Titanic. It's just getting worse and worse. And uh, there's never positive news coming out of the Jets camp ever.
1: Well, what do you say, Todd? Let's wrap up this episode of fantasy football champs. We didn't get to the preseason recap, but you know what? Maybe if you listen to our show on Thursday, football nation live Thursday, same time, same channel, 12-2, uh, to 2, ffchamps.com, footballnation.com. We'll try to get to some of the preseason news and notes from week one. We'll also preview uh, preseason week two coming up. Uh, we got a full slate of games uh, over the weekend. I'm looking forward to the second edition of the preseason games. Todd, do you have anything to say that before we take it off?
2: No, man. Cross your fingers. No injuries this week. Let's get through week number two. And, uh, you know, before you know it, Bill, we will be talking about the primetime draft season, which is only about a week and a half, two weeks away.
1: I can't wait for that. I want to give a quick uh, thank you to our very great producer, Josh Deering. Excellent job today, Josh, once again. And I want to also thank all the callers and emailers today. Um, remember, Fantasy Football Champs, ffchamps.com. We want to help you guys win your league. Go check it out. It's a great site. It's only for serious people. If you're serious about winning your league, ffchamps.com is the site for you. For Todd DeVries, I'm Bill Enright. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Football Champs on the Football Nation Radio Network.
0: your fantasy league and your trophy too it's ff champs ff champs for you news advice rankings and expert advice too ff champs is for you ffchamps.com ensuring you win from
5: draft to playoffs ffchamps.com extraordinary results for fantasy football dominance